0: entertaining and informative this is sit in friends in the morning 77 wabc
1: we got to beat this guy this fool this fool that's destroying our country donald trump is a dictator can you imagine donald trump is a dick i'm a dictator all I want to do is have a great country. I want to have great. I don't want to be ripped off with trade deals. I don't want these countries just ripping us. And, boy, we had it stopped. We did USMCA. We did the greatest trade deals ever. But all I want to do is have a great country. Low taxes. We did the best tax deal ever. Bigger than the Reagan tax deal. You know, we just want to have a great country. He says, I'm a dictator. It's so insulting. You know, actually, it's insulting. But he's a, a threat. You know, he's a threat to the... He doesn't even know what the word means. He's a threat to democracy. Define
2: democracy, Joe. Uh, uh, that's not a fair question. Now <laughs> was some breaking news to tell you about Congress and the White House may be closer to avoiding a partial government shutdown. House Speaker Mike Johnson announced... An agreement has been reached on top-line spending levels. He calls it the most favorable budget agreement Republicans have reached in more than a decade. President Biden welcomed the deal, saying it'll protect important national priorities. It's now up to Congress to go line by line and fund each federal agency.
3: Couldn't be more happy to be here. This is is a tremendous scene. They do everything big in Texas and... uh, this is cool. This is uh, right where we want to be, Heather. This is where we. This is where we work to get there. And I congratulate Washington, um, undefeated, taking on all comers. You know, I can see why why they've won all their games. I mean, they're an outstanding, thorough, solid football team in every way. and a really, really good team in all phases. Um, you know, just what it makes it so exciting to be playing in this game i feel like you know if you're going to be the best and then, then you got to beat the best and we uh we look at washington as as uh as a great football team
4: Well, now the question on everyone's mind, is this the end of the road in New England for legendary head coach Bill Belichick? Yes, he's had an incredible, successful run, winning six Super Bowls, but the Patriots, as of late, have gotten off track. Boston 25 News reporter Christine McCarthy live at Gillette. And Christine, I know you spoke with fans about whether
2: they think Belichick should stay or go. Lots of opinions. Yeah, Kerry, and we have heard both those who are not ready to let him go and others who are ready for some change. But no matter the opinion, there was certainly a lot of love for Coach Belichick.
0: You, you
5: can't be a fair weather fan. you got to do it when it's good and when it's bad.
2: But it sure looks like a walk of shame, trudging down Route 1 after a loss to the Jets, finishing with a 4-13 and record on what could be Coach Bill Belichick's last game with the team.
6: Love you, Bill!
2: Stay with us, girl. Don't win. Belichick is set to meet with owner Robert Kraft to discuss his future with the team after yet another season missing the playoffs, continuing a downward trend since quarterback Tom Brady's departure.
7: I think we should give him another year.
8: Well, you might
2: still be stuck in the glory days, though. you got a gronk. What game. are you talking about? No way. Inside the
9: warmth of Jake and Joe's in Norwood.
5: That's time for a change, I think. You know, everything's laying out that way.
9: Let's start in the NFC. Dallas will be the two. That'll have Philly be the five seed. They will go to Tampa Bay, and the three seed then would belong to Detroit. And the Packers and the Rams, they're both in. Green Bay will be the seven seed, and it'll be the Rams in the sixth spot. And as you say, Matthew Stafford would go back to Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. On the AFC side, the Texans win the AFC South. They will host the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs are going to be the three seed. It'll be Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, and it'll be Miami, who has to go to Arrowhead Stadium.
4: What I've got they used to call the blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind of lonely cloud Rainy days and Mondays always get with me down wind up here with you Nice to know somebody loves me Funny but it seems that it's the only thing to do Run and find the one who loves
10: Well, it is a Monday, it's not a uh, a rainy day, sorry, the legendary late great Karen Carpenter, the Carpenters, rainy days and Mondays, always get me down at 6.07 on your Monday, January the 8th, 2024, back on Sitting Friends in the Morning, the number one news talk radio show in New York City, the second week of 2024, and again, not raining, but it is a Monday, a lot of rain in my neighborhood over the weekend, we got no snow, nothing. That first major storm of the two thousand twenty four season turned out to be nothing for us here in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. Those were the other three boroughs I was in the last couple of days. but I do have a friend in Jersey and um sent me a picture of the backyard and there was a lot of snow out there, a lot of snow. I don't know the um the actual numbers. From over the weekend, maybe Norm Laden does, but again, we got nothing here. It was coming down pretty good to parts of Friday afternoon. Danielle and I went to the gym, Burn fitness, baby. Good morning, Sean Cerrone. And Saturday, kind of a sleety type of thing, but it didn't stick, of course. But that uh, that Jersey picture looked like about six inches. Anybody get hit really hard here this weekend, No. Yeah, they did. In parts of
0: Jersey, they got, uh, three to five, some places six inches of snow. If you go up to the Hudson Valley, like the upper Hudson Valley, Orange County, some places got a foot of snow.
10: A foot of snow? Yeah. Wow. Hey, Justin, could you get the door? My daughter Ava is here, uh, three and a half hours before her appearance, but she's here. Wow, that is a lot of snow. All right. Well, we, uh, we did okay here and a lot going on. I will tell you folks this. Look fact is, I was reared and born on Sports Talk Radio. You all know my history. Started with Sports Talk Radio down in Florida. My very first opportunity in radio came on the Internet, 1998. It was called Sportsline USA, owned by Mike Levy, multimillionaire. Ended up becoming CBS Sportsline. But I started my radio career doing Internet radio, with a guy named Scott Kaplan. Yeah, true story. I had just gotten out of rehab down in Florida, and I was waiting tables at a place called L&N Seafood in Boca Town Center Mall, making about 100 bucks a week. I was really struggling. And my beautiful wife, Danielle, was kind enough to move down to Florida to help me out, you know, before any kids, of course. And um, she found a job. She's like, you're not going to believe this, but there's a place in Fort Lauderdale, but right off of Cypress Creek Road. They're called Sportsline USA, and it's a sports site. She goes, "What's better for you? All you do is sit around and play sports games all day, making a hundred bucks a week to live in a condo in East Boca, West Boca." So I took the job. It turned out it was the very first ever internet site for sports. Before there was ESPN.com, FoxSports.com, all these sites. The very first one ever was Sportsline USA, over 64,000 pages of sports information. They added Vegas Insider, which became the very first ever pout service on the Internet. And they had something called the Superstars page, where believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, because the company was partly owned by New York Jet Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Namath. And Philadelphia Philly Hall of Fame third baseman Mike Schmidt both live in South Florida, so they had a superstar site where they paid these superstars in stock, in stock, no cash. And when you know it, that one day when we announced that sports line and MVP owned at the time by I believe Elway, Gretzky, Shaq, Tiger Woods, when we merged, the stock that morning went to about ninety dollars. And the IPO, I think, was $4. So lots of guys made millions and millions of dollars. And because of the stock, Scott Kaplan and I would talk to, believe it or not, weekly, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Shaquille O'Neal, at the time a very young Keyshawn Johnson, Pete Sampras, Gabriella Reese. Those are real names. But no one heard it. It was on the Internet. Like eight people listened. And eventually... Uh, believe it or not, Sportsline traded traded me and Scott to 102.7 WNEW-FM right here in New York City. That station was doing great. They had Opie and Anthony kicking Howard Stern's ass in the afternoons. People like the radio chick, Leslie Gold, Ron and Fez, Don and Mike. And we took over mornings. And that was my first real foray into local radio because after we did the Internet radio stuff, they actually syndicated... Scott and I, on both Sports Fan Radio Network and Joel Hollander, Westwood One, in about 75 markets across America. But I got to New York doing sports, sports, with Scott, mornings. The year was 2000 at 102.7 W1EW-FM, and the show was a disaster. They eventually got rid of Scott. Uh, They hired a guy named Craig Carton. You've heard of Craig. He became my partner, And needless to say, after one year, they got rid of me, but I ended up, thank God, at WFAN here in New York. And the rest is history. So basically from 1998 to 2016, I was hosting sports shows in Miami, in Fort Lauderdale, in New York, countrywide on as many as 75 stations, syndicated. And then somewhere around 2014, down in Florida, I decided to add politics to the sports, much to the chagrin, as i told you many, many times, of my program directors, general managers. They hated it. They said, Sid, you don't go into an Italian restaurant and order Egg Foo Young. I said, you're right, but I don't want to be in an Italian restaurant. I want to be Sam's Club. I want to be BJ's. I want to give you everything, sports, politics, entertainment, all of it, just like Stern does, just like Imus does. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be just sports or just politics. I don't want it. And uh, they fought me every step of the way, but I was right. And eventually the work I did the last couple of years in South Florida raised an eyebrow up here with people like Chad Lopez, my man, and Craig Schwab, even though Schwab wanted Lupica, and they hired me to host a midday show with Bernard, and that really was the end of my quote-unquote sports talk radio days, although although I made sure, and I told management this, and they wanted this, to add a lot of sports to the show with Bernie. Even though we were doing a midday political show, when I came up in 2016, right at the height of Trump-Hillary Clinton, we did do sports. And sometimes it pissed off the people on my staff. I know Jill Vitale, who I love desperately, great producer, used to complain too much sports. Well, it's never too much sports. I mean, Noam said something this morning, and I hope everybody's listening out there. I hope you're all listening when you complain, the three of you, out of thousands and hundreds of thousands, when the three of you idiots complain about sports, of the top 100 shows, top 100 shows, on television in the last year, I believe 93, this is an unbelievable number, 93 of the top 100 shows were NFL football games. Is that not right, Noam? You have that correct. 93 out of the top 100 TV shows over the last year were NFL football games. So when I talk about the ratings they get at WFAN or ESPN, I know what I'm talking about. So when I employ sports into this show, because I've got a 20-year history of sports and still a pretty big, loyal sports fan audience, I know what I'm talking about. So all of that little history lesson was an effort to explain to you that starting today until February the 11th, that's the day in Las Vegas, they're going to play Super Bowl 58. You are going to get a lot of football on this show. And if you don't like it, you can complain. No one cares. Katsimatidis doesn't care. Chair doesn't care. I certainly don't care. Now, look, Iowa, a week away, no bigger supporter of Donald Trump than me right now. You'll get plenty of Trump, trust me. In fact, Steve Bannon makes his weekly visits starting today. I got stories about migrants by Flappish Avenue. We're going to talk to Mary Glynn today the head of the Republican Party in Rockaway, going to make your head spin. We're going to cover that. Mayor Eric Adams, starting year number three. I've got Curtis on every day. We're going to cover that. You're never, ever, ever on this show not going to get all the political and news stuff you need every morning. But there's going to be a healthy dose of football starting today. In fact, um, Joe Theismann, who went to two straight Super Bowls, Two straight Super Bowl seventeen, a win over the Miami Dolphins, and Super Bowl eighteen, a blowout loss to Marcus Allen and the Los Angeles Raiders. Theismann, of course, part of New York lore because Lawrence Taylor broke his leg in half. Literally, the bone came out of the skin on Monday Night Football. Theismann will join me today, but throughout the next six weeks, you're going to hear from Theismann, Jim Nance, Terry Bradshaw. Who even knows? As we get set for the big one, because the playoffs are all set, as you heard. What is that guy's name, Steve Wanaki or something at MSNBC? You know, he does the election stuff, too, but he did football yesterday, and he laid out the NFL schedule, excuse me, the NFL playoff schedule for you. So we got six games coming up this weekend, six. Two games on Saturday, both in the AFC, starting at 4.30 Saturday afternoon, the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. What a great story, the Texan rookie quarterback out of Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, this year. Over 4,000 yards, and the Texans win the AFC South because Jacksonville lost the game outright yesterday to Tennessee. So you get Browns at Texans, and the late game Saturday night from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City features the Dolphins at the Chiefs. And the reason why Miami is playing that game is because they lost at home last night to the Buffalo Bills, making the Bills the AFC East champs. Then you get three games on Sunday, the Affirmation Buffalo Bills hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a 1 o'clock start. About 4.30, the two-seed in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, will host the Green Bay Packers. Rematch of the Ice Bowl. And then eight fifteen on Saturday night, the upstart Lions will host the Rams. And then there's even one game on Monday. Yes, six games at all. Monday night, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who did win the NFC South yesterday, will host the Philadelphia Eagles, who have forgotten how to win football games. I think Curtis is right. The curse, the Norcross curse. Ever since the owner of the Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie, decided to pull down the Israeli flag and leave BLM flags all over the stadium, the Eagles haven't won a game. Well, they won one. They've lost like six out of seven. Jalen Hurts looks lost, and they look awful. Awful. So those here are six games coming up this weekend. Tonight this is a huge game, too. It's in college it's the NCAA championship football game, and that features Jim Harbaugh, who you heard from in the open, and Michigan as a four and a half point favorite, taking on the Washington Huskies. So it's a very exciting time of year. You pumped up, Lewis? I'm, I can't even measure it. I'm so pumped up. Shut up, God. I can't. Do not patronize me. You don't care, do you?
11: Well, seriously, I do care because yeah. now there'll finally be some really good football. There really
10: be, good football. At least. Some of these games are going to be terrible.
11: I'm going to say just one thing about what I watched yesterday. Teams have got to stop crying about other teams scoring on them when the game is... Well, like you know what's Cullen great Watteridge. about that? I just
10: can't stand no, it. No, you're right about crying. that. It's it's a it's a bitch move. And the one that was right in your face was the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons game. game. Yeah, of course. So the Falcons, their quarterback throws a pick. And they lost uh, 48-17 to to the Saints. Neither one of those teams made the playoffs. Both had a chance going into yesterday's action, but neither one of those teams made the playoffs. So it's 41-17 to Orleans. There's a minute left. Yes, they could have taken a knee and ended the game, but it's football. They're at the one-yard line, so they score a touchdown. And the Falcons coach, Arthur Smith, after the game, walks up to the Raiders coach, Dennis Allen, and starts yelling at him. But here's the best part of the story. Late last night, the first coach to be fired <laughs> it's hilarious. after this season is that guy, the one who annoyed you and me the most yesterday, Lou, Atlanta Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith, fired last night. Right.
11: But, uh, you know, he, I think the point he had was they were lining up to take a knee. That's the issue. They were lining up. To t- the Saints were going to – looks like they were going to take a knee. They were in that position. And then, so the defense on Atlanta kind of let okay, they're going to just run the clock out. And then they just ran a they ran a play. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what that's what I think they were really mad yeah, about. I don't so care. I don't care either. Shut up. I like you know what. Stop them. Play better. Right. I mean, they said it during the gi- the giant Philly game yesterday. Like, oh, I hope uh, uh, the Philly coach uh, I just forgot his name.
10: Uh, Nick. Nick. Uh, yeah. Well, I know that uh, Ellick hates him today. Yeah.
11: But he's like, well, I hope he understands what the Giants are trying to do. With uh, Sterling Shepard trying to get him help, like, <laughs> yeah. he try- who cares if he understands or not? I don't care. You are trying to beat the other team, of course. Play better, that's it. Well, Play the
10: Giants, uh, the Giants did win; they blew out the Eagles. It was never close. They won twenty-seven ten. It was twenty-four nothing. Makes no sense. The Giants finished the year at six and eleven, and the Jets they won too. They won on a snowy day in New England, beat the Patriots in what looks like will be Bill Belichick's last game as head coach of the Patriots. Not a lot of Sundays this year where the Jets and Giants both won. I mean, consider this: they combined for the thirteen wins. Combined for <laughs> thirteen wins. And uh, just in case you're looking ahead to this year's draft in April, the NFL draft, both the Giants and the Jets will pick in the top ten. The Giants have the number six pick in the draft. The Jets have the number ten. Pick in the draft, the top five. a
12: disgrace.
10: Yes, the top five go Bears, Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, and Chargers. But from the political world, the highlight this weekend, what a huge crowd. You talk about big crowds, NFL games. What a huge crowd in Clinton, Iowa. You say to yourself, what in the world would a bunch of thousands and thousands of people get together in Clinton, Iowa to see what? I'll tell you what, my guy President Donald Trump was there, and he delivered a kick-ass speech. He beat the living daylights out of Joe Biden. In fact, at one point, he talked about how Biden, during his short speeches, while Trump talks for an hour, during his short speeches, he literally runs out of fuel. This is Donald Trump live from Clinton, Iowa this weekend. Lewis, cut number three.
1: No, the guy can't find steps to a platform. He makes a speech. He can never find the damn steps. Look, there's steps, there's steps. Or you jump out the front if you have to. You can't do that. You have to leave. You know, when you make a speech, his speeches last about three minutes. You know why? Because he runs out of fuel. (laughs) He runs out of fuel. The fuel doesn't last very long. So you notice the speeches, they start off very energetic. Uh, he's a threat to democracy. By the end, he's like, "Oh, uh, I got to get off. This is not. This is not the man we should have for our president." Okay.
10: Well said, Donald Trump. Okay, so lots to do today. We start off our guest list once again in about 20 minutes. He runs the Rockaway Republican Party. All kinds of issues with these migrants now walking door-to-door, breaking into homes, believe it or not, in Bell Harbor and a it and causing a big mess, stealing stuff at King's Plaza. We'll talk to Mary Glynn coming up at 645, Curtis Slewa, his daily spot coming up at 710, Richard Lowry, Of course, the editor of the National Review will be here as he is every Monday morning at 740. We start our weekly go-to Steve Bannon. He'll be here 840 this and every Monday morning, 915. As I mentioned earlier, two-time Super Bowl quarterback, one-time winner for the Washington Redskins, the great Joe Theismann, and live in studio to cap things off at 930 this morning, the day before she returns to Europe to continue her collegiate career. My beautiful daughter, Ava, live in studio coming up at 9.30. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Big Monday show, new week, sitting friends in the morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77
4: WABC. We know what it's all about.
10: Birthdays today, you know, I work with this girl, the name is Deirdre, a very smart girl on the set of Jailhouse Turkey Crew, which of course I filmed Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Belt, New York at the beautiful Sons of Italy. In fact, uh, Mike Lawler, can't make this up, but Congressman Mike Lawler, who's going to join us at 8.15 this morning, actually stopped by the set on Friday to say hello to me and Bo Deedle and Chuck Zito and a host of others. Beautiful place up in uh, in Bloorville. We saw this girl, Deirdre, started listening to the show over the weekend on iTunes and stuff. And at wabcradio.com, Once she met me, which a lot of people do. You know, I I tell folks all the time, all of the other stuff that I do, movies, TV, you name it, I draw a new audience every time or else you'd be talking to the same ten people, which we did for years on this show, years, trust me. All you guys love this so much. We spoke to the same 10 people for years. It wasn't until I started to go out there and really market this thing in a variety of places that the ratings started going through the roof. And uh, the first thing she said to me yesterday was, man, I love the music on that show. I love the music. So she's going to love the fact that today, two of the all-time greats, that guy right there, David Bowie, today is his birthday. I love Bowie. How old would um, would David okay. would have been?
11: So he would have been. Where the heck is David Bowie? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. And he died at sixty-nine.
10: He's been dead eight years already. That's right. Because I came to New York eight years ago, and, and we keep having this conversation. Both Bowie and Glenn Fry died In when weeks. I was on with Imus. Yeah, within weeks. Within weeks. Of, so yes. Wednesday is his heavenly birthday. Then he died for Bowie. Yes, on the tenth. Today is also Elvis Presley's birthday. You'll yes. get a fair share of Elvis today. Uh, Robbie Krieger of The Doors. Is that sister? right? Yeah, the guitarist. Love The Doors. Yeah. Robbie his... Krieger was a big deal. Yeah, he was one of the founders. One of the four. <laughs> There's only four. Well, yeah, people. I mean, I know, uh, obviously, Jim Morrison comes to mind. Then who was the uh, the guy that played, uh, was it Manzarek? Ray Manzarek. How about that? Oh,
11: that, I am blown away. I, I, Come on. I, I might just go get a cake. <laughs> I, I think... can't tell you the fourth, though. Tough what? one. He's the probably the tough one, the drummer.
10: Tiki Barber? Uh, no. No.
11: It was uh, the guy who played Iron Man. And <laughs> oh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, there he you could play. No, yeah. John Densmore is the oh, oh I should
10: have known that. John Densmore. Should yeah. have. The cake is, of a gun.
11: cake stays in the freezer.
10: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I did pretty good. <laughs> you did good. My son Gabriel has a big day today. Ava is already here. She's in the green room. She's all freaked out about Curtis and his scabies and all that stuff.
11: She's like, "Did he touch this? Did he touch that? What did he touch? <laughs> Where should I
10: stay? Yeah, she's like, can I sit here? Can I touch this?
11: She sees like 17 anti-itch
13: medicines. Oh, all God. Over.
10: But she's not coming on until 9.30, so she'll have some breakfast and stay on the phone and whatever she does, you know. But a big day for my son today because Gabriel, who has now played one game, high school basketball, He's on the JV. And uh, the game was before Christmas. They had no games during the Christmas New Year holidays. And Gabe's got three basketball games this week, three, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now, Wednesday, I can't go because I'm going to this big dinner for Jen Rajkumar, put on by my dear friend Keith Kanchowitz at at, uh, Anthony Scaramucci's Hunt and Fish Club. Big night, big, big night, big donor money night. But uh tonight and Friday I am going to Gabe's basketball games. In fact, all four of us, before Ava goes back to college tomorrow, Danielle, Sidney, Ava, and Gabriel going to see Gabe play his second high school basketball game. It's in Harlem, coming up late this afternoon, and I'm very, very excited. That's my uh that's my day for you Monday. Wednesday I've got that big event at Hunt and Fish. Thursday night, you ready for this? Danielle and Sid having dinner with Dr. Ira and Lizzie Savetsky at a very popular kosher restaurant on 46th Street and Lexington Avenue right back here in the city. Ira and Lizzie. And then Friday, I'm going to tape Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show, which airs Saturday nights after Mark Levin, 9 p.m. on Fox News. So I'll be on Fox News, Kilmeade show, 9 p.m. Saturday night. And then Friday late afternoon, another Gabe basketball game.
11: My, that's this is... It's a big week. This is a lot of paper we're using yeah. here.
10: And I've got some movie stuff to do as well on top of all of that. And then, of course, these great four hours every weekday morning. So, again, big, big show coming up today. Mary Glynn, Curtis Slewa, Rich Lowry, Mike Lawler, Steve Bannon, former NFL great Joe Theismann, and my beautiful daughter Ava Rosenberg all coming up. But let's um let's check out the clip of the day today. Usually on Mondays it's gonna be Cats Matitis because my man John, who I love dearly, does that great show Sunday mornings, the Cat's Roundtable. table. That's where common sense prevails. Always telling both sides of the story every Sunday morning, starting at eight listen any time on the seventy seven WABC app. Go to number two here. I want to hear this. Here John talks with The former governor of Florida, now a senator, my friend Rick Scott. John and Rick Scott, clip number two. Enough is enough. We can't handle all these people just invading us. And
14: then on the border, I completely agree with you. This doesn't make any sense. Just remember, we have a majority in the House. It takes 60 votes to pass legislation in the Senate. And so in the Senate, they have to get nine Republicans to pass anything.
9: And so... If we, if the border is important to us, then we can make that happen. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, Schumer and McConnell have been passing things
14: uh, with uh, 50, 51 Democrats and just a few Republicans. And this has got to stop.
0: This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
15: Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to dot PavilionTechLess.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built bowlers, start on the gridiron here, and wake, week 18 action in the NFL, where during the early afternoon slate in New England, the Jets snapped a 15-game losing streak against the Pats with a 17-3 win to end off their year at 7-10 and overall. One of the few bright spots for New York this season, Brees Hall rushed for career-high 178 yards and a late touchdown a route to the win, but the real questions arose after the game regarding the Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick following the end to his most tenuous season as an NFL coach. It still remains very much unclear whether he'll uh, ever go Yeah, yeah
10: Nothing down. unclear. He's out. I mean, look, nah, the nah. fact is Brady's been gone four years. They made the playoffs once in four years. Belichick's record since Tom Brady left, 29 wins, 38 losses. He's nine games under five hundred. Not a small sample, almost 70 games. And now if you're a Jet man, you look forward to... Pick number 10 in April's NFL draft.
15: Yeah, indeed. Do you think he'd be a highly sought-after commodity uh, this offseason, Belichick?
10: Oh, yeah. No, he's going to yeah. get a job in two seconds. Right. I, I mean, so. there'll be there'll be two or three teams that will, you know, Dallas was one of those until they came back and won that division under McCarthy. He's not going anywhere now. Right. So it looks like the Chargers are the leaders in the clubhouse. We'll see.
15: We'll see. We shall see indeed. That Metl left the Giants in their season at 6-11 overall after upsetting upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 27-10. to Not sure how much of an upset it really was, though, given how bad the Eagles are as of late. Uh, that was
10: a major upset. Look yeah, okay. at how bad the Eagles have been of late.
15: Well, I mean, the Eagles yeah. are the worst team in the NFL. But the Giants weeks. killed them. They yeah. didn't just
10: beat them. That was 24 nothing late in the third quarter.
15: 100%. I mean, the Eagles uh, just haven't really been playing uh, any level of football for uh, the... Past, uh, foreseeable past from the best team in the NFL for the bulk of the season. And uh, now one of the worst. Eagles 11-6 and earn the number 5 seed and will open the NFC playoffs next Monday night at Tampa Bay. The NFC 4 seed, the rest of the NFC playoffs, shakes out as follows. San Francisco gets the bye in the 1 seed, while the 2-seed Cowboys get the 7-seed Packers and the 3-seed Lions draw the 6-seed Rams. In the AFC, Baltimore earns the bye and the 1 seed, while the 2-seed Bills get the 7-seed Steelers. The 3-seed Chiefs uh, draw the 6-seed Dolphins, who had a, a bit of a collapse as well. Down the stretch, and the four seed Texans will host the five seed Browns. Looking ahead to tonight at the collegiate level, we've got the granddaddy of them all to look forward to in the national championship game between number two Washington and number one Michigan. Kickoff there scheduled for 7:30 p.m. at NRD. Not really
10: the granddaddy of them all because that nickname only applies to the Rose Bowl. Yes, really... this game is in Texas tonight, so it is. It's the big one, mm-hmm. but it would be incorrect to describe it as the granddaddy of them all. That is the Rose Bowl. Do they have? We that... already played the Rose Bowl. Right.
15: Do they have that copyrighted? Then I'm. I'm presuming.
10: I, I think they do, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah.
15: So I'll stay away from that.
10: that <laughs> yeah, not that, a bad idea. That, that
15: could turn into a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, who
10: knows?
15: <laughs> <laughs> that game's out in uh, NRG Stadium out in Houston, Texas. Michigan heads in as four-and-a-half-point favorites on the hardwood last night in Brooklyn. The Nets, they lose to the Portland Trailblazers by a score of 134 to 127 in overtime on the ice. No local action. But you get Rangers hockey tonight at the Garden at 7 p.m. They'll welcome in the Vancouver Canucks. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeList.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. I'm Justin on 77 W.A.B.C.
0: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 W.A.B.C.
6: A thousand times I've seen you standing Gravity like a lunar landing you make me want to run till I find you Shut the world away from here. Drift to you, you're all I hear. Everything we know fades black. Half the time the world is ending. Truth is, I am done pretending.
10: Here, Gavin Rosdale, this is his solo work, but he was the lead singer of the great group Bush. And at one point he was married to Gwen Stefani, but he cheated on her and he got caught. <laughs> so she kicked his ass out. And uh she of course is now with Blake Shelton, but I do love this guy. Make this loud of Lewis, little Gavin Rosdale on a Monday morning. Summer, I used to make fun of all these people that would protest. And for the most part, I still think you're a bunch of losers. I really do. Especially these uh, pro-Palestinian folks. But uh, Curtis Saliva, who I love dearly, evidenced by, I've got him on every day. In fact, he's coming up in about 20 minutes. He kind of convinced me to go out with him. Didn't take much convincing, but he did to a couple of rallies at Floyd Bennett Field, in Brooklyn, over the summer because we got wind that these uh, illegals were coming. Migrants, asylum seekers, call them what you want, they're illegals. So I went out there not once but twice, two different rallies with Curtis from Floyd Bennett Field. Then I did one rally from the parking lot at the Toys R Us on Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn in an effort to keep these migrants out, you know. You know, people, whoa, no, stop it, you know, what do you want from them? It's not their fault, and some of them are good, they're good people, and nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Most of them, yes, good people, mothers, children, I get it. But almost every place, almost every place where these illegals are, they've committed illegal acts everywhere. And now... These illegals out by me and you, Lewis, just over the bridge, Brooklyn side of Bell Harbor and the ponds at Rockaway, you name it, they're causing all kinds of problems. I saw a story just yesterday from Pat Russo that they're shoplifting almost every day at Kings Plaza. And I mentioned that to somebody in our neighborhood and they said, well, what do you expect? What do you mean, what do I expect? I don't expect people to come here illegally and break the law. I think they had stolen cars or something. Stolen cars. Well, no. They've got fancy cars because, I guess, the rumor is some of them are dealing drugs. They have fancy cars, and they were towed this weekend. (laughs) That's
11: right. They were towed. They were towed. towed.
10: towed. But there's an even (laughs) scarier story I have to tell you about, which I'm not going to tell you about. Instead, this lady's become a very dear friend of ours over the last year. She is the head of the Republican Club in Rockaway. I've spoken there once before at a uh, good old Joe Harkin's house. And uh, she's our friend, Mary Glynn. Mary, good morning, sweetheart. How are you?
16: Good morning, Sid. I'm so happy to be here on the number one morning radio show in New York City and beyond.
10: Uh, Well, thank you for saying that. It is true, and we're happy to have you, too. And I couldn't help but ask you to come on when you told me the story. I just kind of set it up for you, shoplifting at King's Plaza, towing cars. You know, there was a guy over Christmas break. I wasn't home. I was at Crystal Springs in New Jersey with Danielle and the kids. But I received uh, three or four different texts, including Brian Sullivan of some illegal walking around our neighborhood knocking on doors looking for money. I mean, this has become a major issue, but you, you've got the scariest story of all. And what is that?
16: Yes, so it has become an issue. There's a video circulating of people going to back doors, walking onto property, going down driveways, checking the back doors, you know, an easy target. If the door is open, maybe they're going to walk in. So one of the scariest things that has happened in the last few weeks Uh, And I heard this from my dear friend, Erin. Um, So this is confirmed. She was coming home one evening after basketball practice with her two little girls. These girls are beautiful little girls. They have faces like angels. And they're young. They're like seven, eight, nine years old. They're adorable.
10: And where does Erin live? Where does Erin live, by the way?
16: So she lives in the neighborhood uh, okay. around down around the one hundred and twenty. Okay. Bell Harbor. Uh, you know, very close by, walking distance from where we are. So Erin uh, was coming back from practice. She pulled into her driveway, and she walked into her house from her side entrance. So, you know, she's walking in the house with the little kids. She's helping them take off their hoodies, getting them settled into the house. She came in the side door, and then at the same time, an illegal asylum seeker entered her front door and was in her living room. So he had to go through a storm door and another door, just walked right in. So Erin walks into her living room. She said she was shocked, you know, so she just started. What what
10: was the guy, what was this illegal doing? Just sitting there on the couch? Was he looking through the refrigerator? What was he doing?
16: No, he, he was standing there, he kept pointing to his phone, Um, You know, the phone is how they're translating or getting their messages across. He just kept pointing at the phone. Um, I've seen some of these messages people have taken screenshots of, and they kind of say things like, you know, we're Venezuelan immigrants. We arrived a week ago. We have no documentation. Can you help us? So he's pointing at this phone, and and I don't know if that was the message. Erin didn't read anything off his phone. She just kept trying to usher him. Out of the house, out the front door, she tried to remain very calm because she had her two little girls there, um, and she finally pushed him out the door locked she didn 't push him She ushered him out the door, locked the door, and then you know that 's when it hits you you know you, you get upset and shaken of course they did report it to the cops um, but they so, don 't do they don 't
10: do anything the one hundred you know it 's just having this uh, conversation with um my buddy Sean Serrano, who owns burn fitness where we work out now because we quit the YMCA because of the Black Lives Matter banner. We got sick of that. And I told him, you know, he was telling me, he goes, you know, Sid, not only are the migrants illegals entering people's houses like you just talked about, Mary, or knocking on doors, he goes, but uh, somebody tried to break into a very fancy house in the Ponset over the weekend. And I said, well, Sean, maybe you didn't see the story in The Wave, my guy Mark Healy, but my son Gabriel, right before Christmas, was walking down by 146 on a Saturday night, and he noticed two guys with backpacks and ski masks. Who the hell is walking around the Ponzi with backpacks and ski masks? They pointed a laser light at him, told him to run the other way, which he did. Danielle showed up with the cops. They didn't check the bags. They didn't check for ID. These kids hopped on a bus and got out of there. But what do you think they were doing walking around with backpacks and ski masks on a Saturday night? They were looking to case out the joint and break into a house. So right now, between the crime, the illegals, and all that, we got major issues even in our neighborhood, which is one of the nicest in all of Queens.
16: Absolutely, yes. And I I remember you telling that story. And nobody should be walking around the neighborhood with ski masks. I don't care. You know, and that was earlier in the year when it wasn't as cold. Now it's cold and all, you know. They can walk around with their masks. They're going to doors. They're checking doors. They're going door to door. They're asking for money. They're holding storm doors. You know, you answer the door, they'll hold the storm door until they get their message across on their phone saying, uh, you know, can you help us out? So um, it's getting worse. Incidents are happening. Uh, Strollers are being taken off of porches. Wagons are being taken off of porches. And those items are very handy to carry, you know all kinds of goods around when you're going into King's Plaza, into the stores and uh, filling up the stroller and walking out the door.
10: When I uh, get over the bridge every day uh, into Brooklyn or wherever we're going, you know, you always see about nine or 10 of these migrants kind of huddled there at the entrance to Floyd Bennett Field. We held those rallies over the summer. There's always about nine or ten of them huddled right there. And, and again, if you have a big heart, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, my wife and my daughter during Christmas went over there, handed handed out uh, shirts and sneakers, and because they're good people. They've got good hearts. They care about just human beings. But the truth is a lot of these folks, in every one of these communities are not doing the right thing. This is exactly what we talked about before. The mayor doesn't pay attention. He says nothing about any of this. Thank God, Mary, for people like you and Curtis Sleewa. But that does bring us to the political atmosphere in our neighborhood and in and around Brooklyn and Queens. You do run. The Republican Club in Rockaway, I know our dear friend Paul King, is set to run again against Gregory Meeks coming up in 2025. But any other big elections on the horizon that uh, are important to Rockaway and Queens, that area?
16: Uh, Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we need people like Paul King. He's running against Congressman Meeks, who back in the fall when we were protesting and had those rallies at Floyd Bennett Field, Congressman Meek said something like, oh, the migrants shouldn't and probably wouldn't uh, be housed in Floyd-Bennett-Fields. But we all know that that's where they are. The tent went up on the broken down concrete runway that's prone to flooding. We saw all kinds of weather this past uh, weekend, and I just wonder how they're doing in the tents. And, and of course, you know, we're, we have a heart. The children that are being dragged into these situations, I pray for them every day because um, – but the other elections coming up, uh, Tom Sullivan's running. Uh, we need to get him in there against uh, Stacy Pfeffer. You know, last time around, Stacy stole that election. That's what Rockaway thinks many people. Tom won it by 300 votes and then lost it by 15. So every vote counts. We need everybody to come out and vote. We're also looking at uh, Michael Riley. He's running. Um, against James Sanders. I don't even know who James Sanders is. I, I've never heard, he's my representative. I never heard a word out of him. So uh, we're doing a lot at the Rockway Republican Club. We're trying to get people registered to vote. We're trying to get young people to get interested and to vote because it's their future and they need to, you know, take an interest in their future and get good people into office.
10: Well, the Rockaway Republican Club is very lucky, Mary, to have you at the head of it. Paul King is very lucky to be married to Margaret Powers. The two of you were great at that Cipriani uh, dinner with Donald Trump a couple of weeks ago. So thank you for all the great... Yes.
16: I have to say that I was standing with you when you met Steve Bannon at the gala. I met him then at that time. So I'm looking forward to hearing him. Uh, I feel like I witnessed, uh, you know, a meeting of two great influential minds. It was a really <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> oh, That's and
13: right. You know,
16: and I'm also with Ava. I, you know, I'd bring a can of Lysol or something. I'd be a little freaked out if things uh happening. So, and uh, I hope Ava has a good time back at Thank school.
10: Thank you. Thank you, Mary. You are, you're terrific. You really are. We love you. Thank you for helping in our neighborhood with the politics and trying to keep us safe. I keep telling all my buddies out there from Billy Felton to Joe Ferrante that we work very, very hard whether it's these rallies or what you're doing with the politics to uh, to keep not just Queens and Brooklyn, but all these neighborhoods safe. And we're getting very, very little help from the politicians, from the governor to the mayor on down. Makes our job more difficult every day, but damn it, we are up for the task. Mary Glynn, thank you so much. Great to have you on. We'll see you in the neighborhood very, very soon.
16: Thank you so much, Sid. Thanks so much.
10: Take care, sweetheart. There she is, the head of the Rockaway Republican Club. My friend Mary Glynn, that wraps up our number one, sets us up for a big hour number two, which includes Curtis Slewa and, of course, Rich Lowry. Monday morning with me, Sid. We'll be back. right after have to know with the news.
6: Could have been inside, instead we're over here. Half the time the world
13: Sid and friends in the
0: morning. But you say, he's asking a friend. Ooh, you're my
6: best friend.
0: Seventy seven WABC. Oh, oh, yeah.
6: They're in the streets, it's up to my ankles.
10: Check out my. Morning video on Instagram promoting today's show. We already heard from Rockaway Republican leader Mary Glynn. Still to come: Rich Lowry, Mike Lawler, Steve Bannon, Joe Theismann, great quarterback for the Washington Redskins, and live in studio my beautiful daughter Ava. Curtis Lea, of course, is coming up next. But most days, unless I feel like I don't look good because I'm a chick like that, I post uh, the video to promote the show. Usually about 5:30 a.m. No filters. No filters for Sid. It is what it is. I'm not Brad Pitt. I am what I am. At Rosenberg.Sydney. That's the Instagram page you should follow. I can tell you to follow it. At Rosenberg.Sydney. And, of course, Sid Rosenberg on Facebook. I do not X or tweet, whatever it's called. I hate that um, social media platform, bunch of losers. Um, I am on um, Trump's uh, social media. What is that? Uh, Truth Social at New York Morning Best, and I do occasionally post there. That That is, like, just overrun by Dan Bongino and Sebastian Gorka. <laughs> Can't get a word in edgewise. And uh, hopefully Trump will be on one of these uh, days. I keep talking to Sergio and trying to get that done. I mean, Iowa is a week from today. The caucus in Iowa, a week from today, and that basically kicks off the real 2024 presidential election. But closer to home talking to Mary Glynn moments ago about these illegals. I mean, that's not the only case, her friend Aaron, of somebody coming home to their house in Rockaway, Bell Harbor in it, and these illegals, they're not scared of anything, of course not, sitting in their living room, just sitting there, walking up the back doors. You know, thank God they haven't walked in and raped or murdered anybody, but you know, they're asking for money, they become a real nuisance, they become an issue. And they are committing illegal acts at places like King's Plaza. And you're gonna go, Whoa, what do you want well, Don't don't be don't do it here. Don't come here and start stealing from retail stores in King's Plaza. And the truth is is that Curtis saw this coming miles and miles away. He was able to convince me again to go to not one but two. I did three, but one of those was Jamie Williams local Democrat assembly lady, but he convinced me to do two rallies at Floyd Bennett Field, and everything he said back then is starting to come to fruition. We have seen examples of illegals raping people, raping in Buffalo and Philadelphia. A migrant stabbed somebody to death just this weekend. So the idea that it's all beautiful, look how humane we are, is another big lie, just like COVID. Another big lie. Curtis gets uh, great ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon on the Rip and Read. He's still itching, by the way. God, I'm watching him. He's like he's like a he's like a farm animal. And uh, weekends he does the overnight show. But does his best work sitting with me every weekday morning. The icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, and the next mayor here in New York, my dear friend Curtis Sleva. Good morning, Curtis. It's not a good morning. Why not? You were right about everything once again. I wish I was wrong. Yeah. I wish I was wrong.
12: On this program, the most listened to in the nation in the mornings, I announced preemptively that the city of New York, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, was going to put a migrant center in Floyd Field. I was called a liar, a prevaricator. I was making it up. Remember Joanne Ariola? Oh, he's making it up. It'll never happen. Others. So
10: you're get, never going to forgive her for that, right? Never. <laughs> I like her, though. Look the, at,
12: you could like her. Look at this
10: mess. No, you're right. You're right. And then. Well, not was, just her. You, you also have to call out that Mercedes moron. Oh, North Mercedes. East, uh, and and uh, Stacey Piper, or All of them.
12: All of them. And then I was willing to go out and get arrested. Remember? Yes. You and, couldn't wait for number 82. Right, right. And they're saying, oh, no, wait. We got the lawsuit in court. My, quan am I. I told you that lawsuit was going nowhere. You haven't heard anything about it since.
10: No, well, you did. And uh, one of the things you talked about, which I thought was genius, unlike Lou Jolomino and the guys that you guys got on Staten Island, you said the lawyer, the lawyer they employed for this lawsuit was totally out of his league. He John, didn't do this type John
12: Ciampoli, he's an election lawyer. What the hell does he know? Mark Fonte, Lou Gialamino, they came through. They worked together with their elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, and they left it to the rebels. That was me, Scott Lebedo, and John Tobacco to do the heavy lifting with the people out in the streets. And we stopped them in St. John Avila. We held them to an impasse at Midland Beach. You notice... No other illegals out on Staten Island. No other illegals. And yet now look at Floyd field a mess. They're shoplifting. You used to hang out in King's
10: Plaza. All the time. Well, I, but I stopped going years ago. And to be honest, I'm going to be honest here. People uh, may get offended. I just don't care. Way before the migrants, there was a crime issue, mostly African-Americans. yes. And and it, they turned King's Plaza, quite frankly, into a terrifying place. It was so- not the same place I would go to the movies, I'd go to Chess King, I'd do a lot of my clothing shopping there. I've been staying away from the plaza for over 20 years.
12: And let me tell you something. Who's been my worst enemies in all of this as I'm prepared to organize now on both sides of the Gil Hodges Bridge? The elected officials have come together. Keep Curtis out. They're having a community meeting in Bergen at the Yacht Club over Stop this. it. Tuesday.
10: Who's having a meeting?
12: I'm not, I'm not going to say anything right now. They've told me you're not welcome. So they're actually... Uh, stop here for a second.
10: They told me I am not welcome. So they're having a meeting Tuesday night at the at the Yacht Club in my... Bell Harbor Yacht Club? No, no. Bergen. Brooklyn. Oh, Bergen. Because, uh, you see, I, I knew it couldn't have been there because, you know, Mike Sullivan and Donna Sullivan, they do the catering. No, with, this is on the Brooklyn uh, side. You and s Pork Store. Um Okay, Brooklyn side. I don't know those people. But you're telling Curtis me, Curtis Sleewa, you are not welcome. Why? What is the
12: problem? Because, because you're right. The politicians have come together, the Democrats and Republicans, and they have said, keep this guy out of here.
10: Why? Because you've exposed them to be just basically inept. inept. Mean, notice, they don't blame Eric Adams. They no, blame they don't. Biden. They blame Hokul. Yeah. I mean, the last time Joanne was on, in her defense, the last time Joanne was on, she did blame Adams. Where's the lawsuit? I don't see Come on,
12: Sid. What happened? Oh, the lawsuit. (laughs) You don't need
10: to follow Curtis. The lawsuit. He's not Moses. Well, here's what we should do then. We should uh, collect in big numbers outside this uh, Bergen Yacht Club, whatever the hell that is, uh, hold up signs that we love Curtis. Curtis has been right since day one. The politicians have been wrong since day one. And beautiful communities and neighborhoods like mine are getting ruined. Already, I have found out my property value is down. I just bought the house two years ago. The value is yes. down. F the Bergen Club. And F wait. these politicians. Let's get out there for Curtis. And, and wait. Springtime is around the corner. Oh, don't, don't even bother the beaches. It's,
12: forget uh, about uh, scale, it. This, this is what I'm prepared to do, Sid. S- starting Thursday, I'm coming out to Marine Park. I'm going to be right outside of King's Plaza. And I'm going to block traffic just like the illegal aliens who they bring their kids out. They have signs. Wow. Oh, they rub their bellies. You know, like gypsy women, you know, no. with their babies. They're wearing North Face jackets. Oh, you have to see. Idiots. Not just Why them. Why would you give them money and clothes?
10: I know. Not just them. The pro-Palestinians, they do the same thing, blocking traffic and Kennedy Airport. But when I got over the bridge, maybe Saturday with Danielle on the way to the gym, it was about 10 of them collected right at the entrance of the park. These were beautiful winter coats, white, furry, <laughs> north face, you, yes. off the rack, $600,
12: $700. Are you all schmucks and putzers out there? Oh, I feel for the mothers and the children. They use the kids like a prop. These are Venezuelans. That's what they do in Venezuela. They brought all that to America. When have you ever seen homeless people, our own homeless people, going door to door, knocking on doors, begging for money?
10: Never. Why is it we're letting them get away with that? Even veterans who just lay in the street in their own peepee and duty don't knock on people's doors. No, no, they
12: understand the sanctity of a man or a woman's home or apartment. But, oh, no, they're lawless because Eric Adams, who invited them here, right? Who invited them here? Eric Adams is doing no enforcement. He won't let the cops do anything. When we had our rally sit, they had an army of cops. They had federal cops there. They had state troopers. They had the NYPD. Remember we said at one point there were more cops at that rally in the Toys for Us uh, parking lot than there were actually people who had arrived there.
10: Ridiculous. And they shut down the bridge that day as well. All the cops were there, and they shut down the bridge. Do I have
12: your blessing, Sid? Yes. King David. Yeah. I realize you have uh, multiple focuses now to now come out on Thursday and begin the process I'm taking back the neighborhood both on the Brooklyn side and the Rockaway side. Do I have your permission? Because apparently none of the elected officials want me out there. Not the Democrats, not the Republicans. Cur- Curtis Lee is persona non grata. I am, I am their enemy, not Eric Adams. They keep apologizing for Eric Adams. And he keeps saying, There's nothing I can do. They're forced on me. Even Abbott over the weekend said, You idiot. Sue the federal government. What are you suing bus companies in Texas?
10: How's he going to sue the federal government if just two weeks ago he publicly supported Joe Biden and these uh, backroom conversations I have with his people? And people are very close with him. I say that to them. I go, You can't take him seriously. You can't feel badly for the guy. And when he screams about the federal government screwing New York, and then he goes out there, just like it did with Hochul. The same situation with bail reform. I'm not going to support Kathy Hochul. I'm not going to support Lee Zeldin either. I'm not going to support Joe Biden. I'm not going to support Donald Trump either. But whether it's bail reform or these illegals that have helped destroy this city, Eric Adams is way too quick, way too quick to support the Democratic leader, which tells you, and I feel badly saying this, He cares more about his status in his stupid party than he does us in this city, especially in Queens and Brooklyn, where I can tell you this, not only do you have my blessing, but I speak on behalf of all of us, from Mill Basin to that area there by Kings Plaza, Flappish Avenue, to Rockaway Beach, to Neponset, to Bell Harbor. I don't care where you are. Not only do you get my blessing, but I want people to help you. I want folks out there standing in and around you, making sure these politicians in this city, these inept politicians who have done nothing to stop this, nothing, all of their attempts turned out to be feeble. I want folks in the streets defending and supporting Curtis Lieber. I'm going to start working the phones today.
12: During the Christmas holiday, I was prepared to go to war people said, oh, it's the Christmas holidays. We have Christmas parties. Everybody is in a good festive mood. I saw people out there giving these illegal aliens clothes and food. And I'm saying, look, they got North Face jackets. They got Adidas sneakers. They got the designer clothes on. Are you idiots? You want to help people? Help our homeless people, our emotionally disturbed, our veterans. Have you forgotten them? And then they would line up right outside of Floyd Bennett Field. Do you see? And then the illegal aliens discarded what they were wearing. There are piles of trash now on Floyd Bennett Field. And what the hell are the police doing? What the hell are the federal cops doing? They're doing nothing. And people are like, oh, I feel for their time. They're going into Kings County with those baby strollers, with the baby on top, and they're shoving all the items underneath shoplifting and walking out. Oh yeah. And then they're saying to the security, well, isn't this the American way? I see Americans shoplifting <laughs> all the time and well, nothing sure. happens. I'm telling you, I'm going to war. You're either with me or against me. Well,
10: we're with you. Finally, before we let you go, this was a very, very spirited and an awesome start to the week with the great Curtis Slewa. I guess the good news, Curtis, today, another story that you jumped all over, so did I, but you really, really put it out there, great job, was the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, when he kicked out Donald Norcross, had him removed from his suite at the Eagles' Link Stadium for donning an Israeli and American flag at a stadium where BLM banners, just like the YMCA, are all over the place. Had Hawcross, who's a very tough guy, by the way, basically physically removed. And since then, I think the Eagles are 1-6. Not just 1-6, but they look completely lost, and they get blown out by the Giants. The Giants, yesterday, you said it then. And again, you're right. The migrants, you are right. Here, too. The curse is on Laurie and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right,
12: George Norcross. And I want Justin Ellick to buck, to bow, to take <laughs> bended knee and admit that I was right. They were 10-1 at that time, the Philadelphia yes, best Eagles. Best record in the NFL. They, they were on their way to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. And who was in George Norcross's box? And with Shamu LFA Chris Christie cheering on the Dallas Cowboys, the security guards came in and dragged out George Norcross. His brother is a congressman, Donald. He took a picture. He said, look, we have up an American flag next to an Israeli flag. Look at all these Black Lives Matter flags. And they dragged them out. And Jeff Lurie, you should take a menorah and impale yourself. You're going nowhere. Justin Ellick, I want an apology. And, oh, wrong way, Lou Ruffino. Celebrating David Bowie, right? I guess Lou Rafino likes the fact that he was ACDC with Mick Jagger in the sack. You know, Ziggy Stardust and Mick Jagger. That shows you how wrong way Lou Rafino is freaky deaky. So know this. I am, towards the end of the week, I have a special surprise for you on Friday. We're going to demand the ceremony to honor the greatest Jew in sports ever, and to honor Sid Rosenberg at Kingsborough Community College simultaneously. Wait. I'm working on this. It was Sandy Colfax's 88th birthday, and I will bet you they would never honor him in Lafayette High School because of all the Pally boys there, the Palestinians and the Arab kids who go there. Let's press the issue. Let's honor Sid Rosenberg at Sid Rosenberg at Kingsborough Community College and Sandy Kopfak's greatest Jewish. Ball player of all time at Lafayette High School. We are here. Let's push the issue. It's war.
13: This is Sid
0: and Friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
3: Couldn't be more happy to be here. This is uh, this is a tremendous scene. They do everything big in Texas, and uh, this is cool. This is uh, right where we want to be, Heather. This is where we this is where we work to get there. And I congratulate Washington, um, undefeated, taking on all comers. You know, I can see why why they've won all their games. I mean, they're an outstanding, thorough. Solid football team in every way. and a really, really good team in all phases. Um, you know, just what it makes it so exciting to be playing in this game. I feel like, you know, if you're going to be the best, then then you got to beat the best. And we uh, we look at Washington as as uh, as a great football team. Don't
6: give up on us, baby. Don't make us seem right The future isn't just one night It's written in the moonlight painted on the stars We can't change ours Don't give up on us, baby. We're still worth one more try I know we put a last one by Just for the rainy evening When maybe stars are few Don't give up on a sign. know We can still come through Just stop believing There's still a little love left Even so
10: Don't give up on us, baby. The late, great David Soule, and hard to believe that melodious melodious voice right there was the same guy that played Hutch when I was growing up as a kid. Starsky and Hutch were two badasses. The real name on the so- on the show? Uh, I don't remember. No, what okay. was it? Ken Hutchinson. Ken Hutchinson. But they did call him Hutch. Hutch. And uh, Friday, David Soule died. He passed away, believe it or not. Good old Hutch was 80 years old. So that was our tribute to the late, great Hutch, David Soul. This one song, I do love that song. And the voice uh, you heard before that was the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, my sister Elizabeth, listening right now in Parkland, Florida. She's a proud graduate of Michigan. In fact, when she went there, Glenn Rice and the basketball team beat Seton Hall and won the national championship and a lot of Michigan parents all over New York, all over New York, that are very excited about this game tonight. And, you know, we talk about Bill Belichick, who may very well be done with the Patriots. 4-13 and 13 season, 29-38 and 38 since Tom Brady left. Only one playoff appearance in four years. It's probably over. And where will Bill Belichick go next? The leader in the clubhouse is the Chargers, but who knows? And lots of folks think that win or lose... Jim Harbaugh may be done at Michigan. Don't forget, he was suspended twice this year. I think once he suspended himself, once they suspended him, I have no idea. But he did coach in the NFL once before. And, of course, he coached the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. He made a very gutty move. He benched Alex Smith, the veteran quarterback, in favor of a, of a young quarterback named Colin Kaepernick. You've heard of him. And Kaepernick led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, in which they lost, I was there, to Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens in Orleans. It was around 2014, 2015. I forget the exact year. Now, Flacco was still winning games in Cleveland with the Browns, and Colin Kaepernick has become the face of the kneel. And people like me hate him. I hate him. But he was... Paul boys quarterback in San Francisco, so we'll see. Big game tonight. Michigan right now is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over undefeated Washington. Me personally, I think that's too many points. This kid, Michael Penix, the quarterback at Washington, he is not good. He's great. He's better, I think, than McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback. Michigan, a little bit better defense, and they run it great with Blake Corum, but I do think Washington is a very live dog tonight and will probably win the game outright, take Washington, plus the points. Okay, just ahead of Rich Lowry, Steve Bannon, Joe Theismann, and my daughter, live in studio, Ava Rosenberg.
0: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning.
6: 77
13: WABC. We the
6: sender. We the sender. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. Bright and early next morning, he brought my letter. Back. She wrote upon it, "Return Address
10: unknown. No such number. No such song. So we played David Bowie earlier. Today is the late great David Bowie's birthday. Then we played uh, one of the Doors members. I know it's not Manzarek or Jim Morrison. Who's again, Richie? Robbie. Robbie, that's right. Krieger. Robbie Krieger. Today is his birthday. And this one, the King Elvis Presley. Today would be what? About a 100 and what? No. He's 85? 9. 89? 89. Here he is, the King Elvis Presley. would have been 89 years old today. That's a big one. Somewhere out there right now, Rob Bartlett is masturbating. Well, that would have been on any... Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, sure. What was it again? Was it Fat Elvis? Was that the name of the bit on the Iman show? Fat Elvis? Yeah, I think it. Right, man. Right, come on, Don, baby, come on, he come on, at, baby. Who died at forty-two?
11: Huh? Who did? He died at 42.
10: No, I know, very young man on a toilet bowl. <laughs> what do you
11: think I meant, Rob? Right?
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, happy birthday to uh, David Bowie and Robbie from the Doors and Elvis Presley. We're not done with our tributes yet. We also played a tribute to David Soul, that great song. Which I've forgotten the title already.
11: <laughs> Don't give up Don't on Don't give us.
10: up on us, baby. Yeah? He died on Friday. We, uh, we've had a couple of great guests already today. Mary Glynn, who's the head of the Rockaway Republican Club. We got an issue out of my neighborhood. These illegals are like walking into people's houses and sitting down. Hey, I'm home, honey. What? And then Curtis, who called this... A long time ago. Still to come, next hour, Steve Bannon starts his regular Monday visits with me. I'm excited about that. Mike Lawler, he was just on CNN, congressman out of Rockland County. Deal on the table that uh, may stop the government from shutting down. Plus, he was at the border last week. He'll stop by at 8.15. My daughter, Ava, goes back to college tomorrow, back to Europe. She's live in studio this morning. Good morning. And uh, former Washington Redskin, great, two Super Bowls Joe Theismann, the Falcons fired, the Atlanta Falcons fired their coach, Arthur Smith, last night. And uh, the report is is that Washington, now known as the commander, stupid, but it is, is set to fire their coach, Ron Rivera. Later on today, we'll talk to Joe Theismann. Coming up later on. But first, uh, this guy's on this time every Monday morning because he's great. He's the editor of the National Review, NBC, political, all of it. My dear friend, Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning, buddy. How are you?
0: Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, uh, so much going on. So much yeah, going on. in my regards to Joe
5: Theismann. I'm an old Washingtonian, one of those Washingtonians who was crushed when Joe Theismann took over from Billy Kilmer, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. He proved you didn't have to be able to throw a
10: spiral to succeed. That's true. Quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, Billy had did never throw a spiral. They went yeah. from <laughs> they actually went from Sonny Jorgensen to Billy Kilmer to Joe Theismann, which is pretty good. And, you know, Theismann didn't want to play in the... He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Don Shula drafted Theismann, but they had Greasy. So Theismann uh, went to Canada. He went to Canada for a couple
5: of I years. Just, I didn't realize that.
10: Yeah. And then Joe Gibbs took him in Washington. He took him to two straight Super Bowls, 17 and 18, before Lawrence Taylor ended his career yeah. in, in the ugliest of fashions well, on Monday Night Football. Man, was that One of that
5: the worst gross. moments in Monday Night Football
10: oh, history. God. And LT was literally traumatized by that. He He really was. So, He'll tell you that in all honesty, that was, uh, he saw the bone literally mm. come out of the skin, his knee. Yeah. And it was yeah. just nasty. So, uh, listen, a lot going on. This show is going to be a lot of fun for the next month or so. The Super Bowl, February the 11th in Las Vegas. We're going to do a lot of politics, a lot of football, all that stuff that'll make this show the most, really the, the most uh, versatile show in New York and maybe across the globe. But we are one week away from the caucus in Iowa. <clears throat> And uh, Trump is still holding huge leads. You know, he's joking around in Clinton, Iowa, this weekend that he heard that uh, Nikki Haley had this big surge last week, this big surge in New Hampshire, and he's still kicking her ass there, too, by the way, kicking mm. her ass. So uh, the, the caucus is now a week away. Are we are we done with these primaries? Are we still talking about it? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Come on. Enough <laughs> of this. Jeez. You know what? You know who agrees with you that it's, it's all done, apparently, it's like, Every producer
5: on a Sunday show, I, I, I didn't watch them all yesterday, but no one even talks about this primary. It's like it's it's not happening. Because it's not. In a lot of respects, it's not happening. No. So we haven't seen any Iowa polling and I don't know, it seems like two weeks. you got to assume Trump's still above 50, I think that's the kind of watermark, you know, people try to say if he's under 50, well, that's kind of an underperformance, but every indication is he'll crush in Iowa. Nikki is genuinely gaining on him in New Hampshire, and I, I think there's like a 30%, 40% chance she, she could nip him there in New Hampshire. But well, what, well, let me stop you right now, you let know. me stop you right now. Yeah.
10: Let's say mm-hmm. she's not going to beat him. Just trust me, write it down, she's not going to beat him. She'll make it close. She ain't going to beat him. Let's say she beats him. Let's say Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire. What does that mean? She still has no chance of winning the primary. None.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the problem. She she could win New Hampshire. Maybe you're right. You know, maybe she, she won't. If Trump crushes in Iowa, it's going to make it harder to beat him in New Hampshire. But even if she does, it'll be because New Hampshire has, uh, relative to other primaries, a lot of moderates – and Democrats and Independents can participate, and they're all with uh, Chris Christie or Nikki. And Chris, even if he doesn't get out, I think will kind of, kind of fade. He, he, there's some sign maybe he already is. But the, where does she go to find an electorate like that Any, anywhere else on the map? You know, her hope has to you be, can't. you know, just South Carolina is as, as home territory. But it doesn't matter. It's like Marco Rubio didn't win Florida against Trump. She, she's very likely not going to win South Carolina. She's getting
10: killed in South Carolina in the polling right now. Getting killed.
5: Yeah, she's at twenty five percent, I think, in the last poll. And look, you know, if she wins New Hampshire, she'll go up places. But she's not going up to fifty; she's going up more like to thirty. Right. So <laughs> I, I I agree with you; it's very very unlikely.
10: It's funny though, watching the media today. You know, uh, January sixth. Uh, I guess was a couple days ago. What's today's date? Is today the eighth? Oh, today's the eighth. Yes. Yeah, so Saturday was January sixth. I wasn't on the air, If I was. I was not going to make a big deal about it anyway, because I'm on record a thousand times saying yes, it was an embarrassing day. It was not. A- a good day for Trump, it was not a good day for America, it was a crappy day. But it wasn't nearly, nearly the disaster that this media makes it out to be. You've got members in Congress who compared January sixth to the Holocaust to Pearl Harbor, to 9-11. I swear to God, it's so embarrassing. So I'm not going to add any more fuel to this ridiculous fire on what was embarrassing more than it was awful. One person died that day, one, and she was a Trump supporter Mm -hmm. shot by a black cop, mind you. But they're still going on and on because, I guess, Trump and Elise Stefanik agrees that the folks that were arrested on January 6th, this is unbelievable. They're still in jail, some of them, in solitary confinement. you got people who've committed 10 rapes walking the streets of New York City. But these poor bastards who did nothing but enter the Capitol are still in jail. So I guess we refer to them as hostages. And that's all MSNBC and CNN want to talk about this morning
5: yeah and I obviously agree it was an, an embarrassing day, but you're not allowed to say this you know in the mainstream press, but if there had been adequate security, you know some guys would have shaken the barriers you know and and there would have been a huge phalanx of cops that they wouldn't have been able to breach, and a couple would have hit a cop or something and been immediately arrested no and, and everyone else would have gone home you know right. and, and we, we'd never talk about january sixth uh, again now some of these guys you know they're clearly being overcharged <clears throat> and uh, but some you know they they uh, they, they assaulted cops. And, and broke in to try to disrupt this proceeding, and that's that's very bad. But hostages, you know, I, I think these individual cases should be looked at for you know commuting sentences and all the rest of it. But hostages is what happened on October seventh. Yeah, fair so enough. So that 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 yeah. that word is is too far for me. But you know, it just shows that, that uh, this is not news to anyone. Elise was auditioning for for Veep in that interview. And for those purposes, I think she did a very good job. Yep. And you just got to be on the media. In the media, when you're talking about Trump and you want something from Trump, you got to be all in, 110% in. Yep. Now, he wants you to push back occasionally in private, but not in public. So uh, she clearly wants a job and probably helps herself.
10: I like her. She'd be my choice. We've been over the Nikki Haley discussion already. Bannon will join me in about an hour. He can't stand Nikki Haley. So I think Elise is uh, probably the uh, the right choice. For that, and again, the uh, Iowa caucus now, once again, just a week away, and just nothing, nothing here out of uh, Biden. You know uh, Bill uh, O'Reilly does this piece every morning on the show which before you come on, and he talked about what do Joe Biden and um, excuse me, what do Donald Trump and Benedict Arnold have in common? And the answer is, both are considered traitors by Joe Biden. And that's going to be his his platform, because, you know, he's done nothing. He's had a couple of bills that were really not very good that he boasts were great, which, of course, they weren't. And there's two world wars and uh, everything is more expensive in America today. It's a complete mess. But outside of trying to make Trump look like this demon, this devil, what else does Joe Biden have?
5: Yeah, that's what he, he's got. You know, they they got to hope the the economy holds up and, and, and gets better. But we'll hear this Valley Forge speech over and over again. You know, and the, and the logic of it is if the Constitutional Republic is really at stake, you know, if Trump wins, it's all over. Joe Biden should step down now and say, I, I'm going to let, you know, Mark Warner or some inoffensive Democrat who would very, very likely beat Trump run to save our country. Wait, you, you, think, our you think you you think
10: think Mark Warner can beat Donald? You don't really believe that. I do. Mark I Warner? I think,
5: someone who, someone I think Kurt just, Warner
10: has a better chance.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think someone who's just a, a moderate-seeming, s- sentient, uh, capable young Democrat would, would have a major upper hand uh, against Trump. But Biden is none of those things. And, you know, he also said that he's gone to the funerals of all the officers killed on January 6th. It's a lie. Oh, it's a lie. He's just making no. it up. He said that. Uh, Not one died. The, the nut job who attacked paul pelosi nancy pelosi's uh, husband was a maga extremist hyped up on Trump lies. the guy's a lunatic like right. a certifiable certifiable lunatic so the other thing is like if you're going to defend you know righteousness and all d- don't tell lies in the course of it and then you know he can't get off the stage he can't he, he's confused at the helicopter where to go to go home i mean th- this guy is a debacle for them just an utter debacle but this is all he got he's got and he's going to write it as as long as he's
10: You know, I remember when it was my idea to have you on every week, you know, and uh, Bernard wasn't all for it early on. He's like, you know, he's another Trumper. And I go, well, I don't care. Uh, But is he? (laughs) Because every time he comes on, Larry, he he actually says nice things about Trump. Yeah, but don't don't Mm -hmm. kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. But it is true. Bernie was right. You, You were, I guess, in that camp, just like Lindsey Graham was my cousin, Norm Coleman. Now, they've come around. And I guess if you criticize Trump just a little back then, you were never a Trumper as well, as well as the guys who said, I just never vote for him. But um, now that Mark Warner, your choice is not running, <laughs> and it is Trump against Biden, and I know you don't want to show your hand here uh, a uh, year out, but is it fair to, uh, less than a year, but about 10 months out, is it fair to assume that uh, because you do love this country... That even a guy like you, a never-Trumper, would not vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump, no, would you? yeah,
5: and, and never vote for Joe Biden. I don't think I've ever voted for a Democrat. Now, I just, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump guy. There are things that just drive me crazy about him and I keep me from ever getting on, on board with him. But, um, no, I mean, Biden's a, a debacle.
10: You um, backstabbing son of a bitch. He took you for lunch. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he, you know, he called me the other day. He keeps working me. You know, he, he never gives up. This is one reason he's a good. Did he really I
10: call he you the other day? Him?
5: oh yeah he said uh uh i'm, I'm fifty two or fifty four percent which is better than uh, than I was, and clearly uh there there can be some more upward trajectory, so he's going to keep at it you know and okay. uh it was it was charming and funny so well you are, you you are, I, uh, you
10: are literally one phone call away from Trump being his campaign manager, I swear to god <laughs>
5: yeah. uh. he his weakness he softness in me. <laughs> well,
10: i'll tell you why he does that, and I mean this is because you genuinely care about the country. You do. And, um, you know, you you have some some points about Trump that are tough to argue. You know, they are. But I think at the end of the day, you both want the same thing, you and Donald Trump, to fix the country. It's a, it's and I don't so think Democrats funny. want to do that.
5: That is literally the last thing he said to me. He, he, was, he was on a golf cart, you know. He just, he just apparently had a really great round of golf, and, and he said, "We want the same things, Rich. See? Was just what you said." So, I, that, I mean, that's that. There, that's true. There's a big overlap. Plus, I'm always going to defend him when he's attacked unfairly. Always. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know. Plus, don't forget.
10: Maybe he, was, go a little higher. he was very good friends with George Steinbrenner, just saying, Mr. Yankee you go. <laughs> 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 Hey, nice yo, Rich, nice you're great. Can I, can great. You. I love you, man. Have a great right, week, excited. okay? Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. There he is, the editor of the National Review. I love to read his stuff in the New York Post. He's on TV all the time, NBC, and he's also uh, got stuff in Politico. He does it all. He's a great Monday morning guest, which Lowry. That wraps up two hours. Sitting Friends in the Morning, Mary Glynn, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry. Still four great guests to come, including Mike Lawler, Steve Bannon, former Super Bowl quarterback of the Washington Redskins, Joe Theisman, and my beautiful daughter Ava, live in studio, coming up at 9.30. Keep it right here, second half of Sitting Friends in the Morning. About to come your way. Come on, Elvis, baby. You sing it, birthday boy.
0: sit in friends in the morning entertaining and informative
6: oh, 77
0: wabc
2: now to some breaking news to tell you about congress and the white house may be closer to avoiding a partial government shutdown house speaker mike johnson announced an agreement has been reached on top-line spending levels. He calls it the most favorable budget agreement Republicans have reached in more than a decade. President Biden welcomed the deal, saying it'll protect important national priorities. It's now up to Congress to go line by line and fund each federal agency.
6: If I could turn back time If I could find The words that'll hurt you And you'd stay I don't know why I did the things I did I don't know why I said the things I said Pride's like a knife, it can cut deep inside Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes I didn't really you to hurt you I didn't want to see you go I, know I made you cry. baby,
10: if I could turn back time Cher, baby, if, if I, I can turn fly, back time You know, Cher is one of these douchebags Like Bob De Niro, you know, I saw that movie this weekend Killers of the Flower Moon, the newest Scorsese movie with De Niro and Leonardo it's three and a half hours. It I uh, did not stay awake for the whole movie. And it's a great movie. The Osage Nation, the Indians. And Leonardo may win the Academy Award. I also saw Saltburn this weekend, which I loved. It was fantastic. In fact, Ava's gonna talk about Saltburn coming up in studio at nine thirty. And the kid who played the lead there, this Barry Kagan, he's outrageously good. He does old Tom Cruise whiskey business dance at the end, totally naked. You see the whole thing? And uh, Jacob Lordi is a real good-looking guy. But the uh, point is, she's one of these uh, people, Cher, that I think has promised she's going to leave the country if Trump wins. Um, oh, did she? Did she? I believe about she it? is. That's great. And I've always loved Cher. I mean, I had a crush on share when I was a kid. My God. During she the she was days, so
11: cute, huh? During the sunny and Cher days? Of course. Yeah, of
10: course. It was that stupid song they sang, which I loved? my um, yeah, God you, baby. Yeah, I can't stand that song. But then I loved her. She was in, in uh, Moonstruck. I thought she was so cute. And then uh the mermaid thing she did, I thought she was cute. Like I love Cher. Speaking of Native Americans too. Yeah. I think she's I believe she marked. is. Yeah. Well, she had sex
11: with a uh Indian once. I think so. And a with, bagel boy. And tomahawks were involved, <laughs> yeah. I believe. And Glenn Orman, uh <laughs> Greg Orman, obviously, because she was in the news this week. She got denied conservatorship. I heard uh Gnome have this story at five o'clock. That um, she wants to take over his uh, his affairs because he has severe mental health, yeah, and his, and drug issues. Just like his father. Yeah, it's, right, Greg. Right, right. Just like Greg. Yeah, right. What's right. his
10: name again? The kid, Wolfgang. No, no, that's Van Halen's. Elijah, kid. Elijah Blue. Elijah Blue. That's right. Yeah,
11: but Black the A. but the judge denied it. They they said that they didn't pr- pr- provide the other side enough documentation or yeah. something. Right, but she's arguing about another. But the trust was pending. <laughs> yeah. she wants to establish a temporary conservatorship because she ain't getting
10: in. Yeah, like, like Britney Sp- Spears' father. I wish I could read what Charlie Marino just sent me about share, but I just can't do it. Uh, I wish I could, trust well, me. That sounds
11: great. Yeah.
10: If we ever end up on uh, Sirius XM, Charlie, I promise I'll read that. Okay, give a hint. <laughs> yeah. um, your hint is uh, Tuesday, coming up tomorrow. All right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that clip you heard there from My Witness News talked about Congress uh, working on averting this government shutdown. One of the guys hard at work at that is my dear friend, the pride of Rockland County, who showed up on the set of the latest movie I made last week, The Jailhouse Jerky Crew, at a place in his district, the Sons of Italy, in Bloombelt, New York. He is the great Mike Lawler. Michael, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm doing
17: well, Sid. Thanks for having me.
10: Uh, well, I've seen you all over the place. Uh, like I said, you showed up on the set. We took a nice picture together. And I, I met your campaign manager. That was great. And I think you were on CNN about 30 minutes ago, yes? I was.
17: I'm, uh, right now I'm pulled over on the Palisades. I don't want to you know, lose the cell service, so uh, <laughs> we're driving back up to Rockland for you.
10: Yeah, well, let me guess. These uh, psychos at CNN, I didn't see it because I'm hosting the radio show at the same time, but I did catch you out of the corner of my eye. Let me guess. They wanted you to, to 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 yell at Elise Stefanik and Donald Trump, calling January sixth prisoners hostages. Yes, that that's a good guess. That was one of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say about that? Because look, the truth is, when you see what my Israeli brethren are going through from October the seventh, it is it's not necessarily a fair comparison. But but to Trump and Stefanik's point, these people did nothing. Other than go inside a building, for the most part, and they've been in solitary confinement for years. It's ridiculous.
17: Yeah, my my position has has been very consistent on this. Whoever engaged in uh, you know violence or physical uh, assault or uh, you know, destructed any any uh, building, whether they stormed uh, the the courthouse in portland whether they went into the u.s capitol and did something uh or they burned the the police building down in minneapolis uh, they should be held accountable for that anybody who violates the law uh and the facts and the evidence should always be the determinant factor if somebody didn't do something uh in that way then no they shouldn't be held uh you know to account for no, you're right but, but let's be honest
10: the same the same people I want to put these people in prison. I agree with you. When you burn down a police station, that's a real insurrection. Not January 6th. That was not an insurrection. When you do that, that's insurrection. But the same people that want to keep these people in jail are totally okay with bail reform when a guy on the Fort train this afternoon commits his third rape in the last three years. They're okay with that guy on the streets. But they want to put some guy in jail for putting his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Give me a break, Mike.
17: This has been the challenge uh, with all of this, the the total inconsistency on the part of many of my Democratic colleagues. Uh, They they have no problem. uh, You know, they talk about protecting democracy, for instance, but they have no problem uh, when the ends justify the means uh, and they want to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado or Maine without any due process of law. Uh, That is not how. Uh, We should be operating as a as a country, as a government. Uh, When people uh, violate the law, they should be held accountable. And when you see what is happening in cities all across this country, people are not being held accountable for crimes, violent crimes, rape, assault, uh, you know, uh, grand theft auto. Uh, It is there is no accountability. And so that is where uh, many of my Democratic colleagues uh, have been so inconsistent and so hypocritical uh, in many of their comments about January 6th when they don't want to see people held accountable when they seize control of a Portland courthouse. Right. For almost 100 days. Correct. You know, and that's and that's where people are so frustrated with the uh, the duplicity
10: of all. That's me. I'm furious. So uh, our friend Sean Hannity left Long Island last week. He moved to Florida. I've got another buddy. His name is Bob Cornicelli. Just so happens he ran against Andrew Garbarino for that uh, seat on Long Island, which Garbarino did win. And Cornicelli has since located, too. He moved down to South Carolina, but he still listens every morning, every morning, just like a lot of America does. And he says, you know, Lawler's going to vote for that schumer jeffries omnibus bill. I bet it gives Ukraine ten times more aid than Israel. And I didn't answer him because I want you to answer him. What do you say to Bob Corticelli? <laughs> Listen, the,
17: the speaker has negotiated uh, the top-line numbers uh, that are going to be uh, part of the appropriations process. We are now going to go through each appropriations bill, as we have said from the very beginning, we are not doing omnibus spending bills anymore. It is going to be single subject spending bills. We're going to do all twelve of them uh, over the over the course of the next month plus, uh, and and put in place a, an appropriations uh, bill that will save the American taxpayer uh, upwards of two hundred billion uh, over the next decade in spending reductions and reduce our deficit by two point one trillion over the next six years. So. We are making progress. Not enough. There's a lot more work that needs to be done on spending, but we're going to do that. With respect to uh, the supplemental aid package, um, you know, my my position has been very clear. I support Israel. We passed it as a standalone bill, fourteen point three billion. Chuck Schumer has done absolutely nothing on it. Wait a
10: second, but but is, but isn't Jewish Chuck Schumer life? isn't Chuck Schumer Jewish? Doesn't he care?
17: He's the highest-ranking <laughs> Jewish official in yeah, America. He's as garbage. He, as he tells everyone. Yeah. Uh, and yet he has done absolutely nothing to pass aid to Israel. I support Ukraine. We will ad- agree to disagree on that. But when you look at the threats emanating around the world, there are no threats, China, God, Russia and Iran, yeah, whatever it is significant. Sure. It is significant.
10: I agree. Yeah, we, are,
17: we are going we are going to deal with the uh, with the supplemental. But as the speaker has said, it will not happen without border security. Alejandro Mayorkas should be impeached. I will support impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. He has failed miserably to uphold the Constitution of the United States and to secure our homeland. Last week, I was down at the border with Speaker Johnson. You're talking about nearly 10 million migrants having crossed our southern border since Joe Biden took office, 90% of them released into the country within 36 hours of detainment. While we were there on the border, on the Rio Grande, we had 10 to 12 Venezuelan migrants cross uh, the Rio Grande right behind us, come up the, the uh, bank and walk right through the barbed wire Jeez. into U.S. custody, and then they're going to be released within 36 hours. We saw a husband and a wife and two young children swim across the Rio Grande as we were doing our press conference. Wow. The media couldn't believe it. it. But this is the insanity of what we're dealing with, and the total failure of this administration to secure our border. But the speaker has been very clear. There will not be additional aid for Ukraine without securing our border, and I support that.
10: I think uh, one of the highlights of last week was that when you were down at the border, which is important, so thank you for doing that, Mike, <laughs> you actually texted me about something that was said on the show. You were listening to this show when you were down at the border, weren't you?
17: I was. I, I was getting ready. I put the radio on. I'm, I'm listening to Eric Adams say, you know, he's on the right side of history and, and Governor Abbott's on the wrong side. And I just it's it's mind numbing to listen to. Uh, it, the bottom line is New York City is dealing with the crisis of its own making because of its sanctuary city policies, the right to shelter, spending billions of dollars to provide free housing, free health care, free education, free clothing, free food. And then they're shocked, shocked that people want to come to New York. The reality is New York is talking about dealing with about one hundred and fifty thousand migrants. We've had nearly 10 million migrants cross since Joe Biden took office. So what New York City has had to deal with is minimal compared to what the southern border has been dealing with. These folks are overrun and they need our help. And it's the responsibility of Congress and the administration to act. House Republicans passed HR two back in May. Chuck Schumer has done absolutely nothing. Ungats uh, as as per usual with Schumer. It's nothing but a Sunday press conference and no results.
10: Little little uh, change of direction here. The second NFL Axe has officially fallen. Ron Rivera fired moments ago by the Washington Commanders. We knew that was happening yesterday. In fact, former Washington Redskins great quarterback Joe Theismann will join me coming up in about 45 minutes. So, so far, Arthur Smith fired by the Atlanta Falcons and Ron Rivera fired by Washington. So uh, the, the clip that I played from Eyewitness News, Mike, they talk about averting a government shutdown. That looks pretty good, yes?
17: Yeah, I I think we will avert it. Uh, Obviously, you know, there's a bipartisan agreement between the speaker and Senator Schumer on the top lines. It'll be a bipartisan agreement on the appropriations bills. It's a reality of divided government. We're going to have to make compromises. But the bottom line is there's going to be spending cuts for the first time in decades, uh, which is significant. And the fact that we were able to get that done with just having the House Republican majority uh, up against a Democratic Senate and a Democratic White House is significant.
10: You know, on the way out a couple of weeks ago, the big story was the redistricting that these uh, Democrats are uh, able to pull off. And, you know, all of a sudden really find people like Anthony D'Esposito out on Long Island, Mark Molinaro upstate New York, and you, Mike, my guy Mike Lawler in Rockland County, You know, all of a sudden, winning again is going to be a heck of a lot more difficult. I know you're running in November. I want to make sure my listeners realize that. I know we're all caught up in Donald Trump, and we should be. We need Trump to win in a big, big way to save this country. But we need people like Mike Lawler to win, too, to save our state and this country. And now your job has been made a lot more difficult come this November, yes? Look, I've won
17: twice in two to one Democratic districts because I go into every community in my district. I talk about the serious substantive issues that we're dealing with, uh, and I make the case directly to the voters. Uh, We've had a very successful year so far legislatively as well as politically. I've raised $3.3 million uh, through uh, 2023, uh, but we're going to need all the help we can get. So if folks want to join us and support our efforts, they can text Lawler to 85007 or go to LawlerForCongress.com. We're going to win no matter how much the Democrats try to gerrymander my district because I stand by the people of my district. They know who I am. They know what I stand for. And I will fight for them day in, day out to make New York more affordable, safer and more free. Uh, And that's what we need to do. We need to keep our Republican majority uh, we cannot go back to one party rule in Washington like we see in New York. We've seen what Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams and the Democrats in New York have done to our state. They have destroyed it. There's a reason people are leaving this state in droves. There's a reason we lead the nation in out migration. It has nothing to do with the weather and everything to do with the disastrous policies like high taxes, reckless spending and cashless bail, disastrous public safety policies that have made us less safe, less free, and less prosperous.
10: Well said. Is that uh, the number four or the the word F-O-R?
17: F-O-R, Lawler4Congress.com, or text Lawler to 85007.
10: My man, I look forward to the victory celebration at uh, Joe & Joe Restaurant, my dear friends up there, Rocco and Stevie and the whole crew, where you joined me the first time you came my book signing to Joe & Joe. You came to watch uh, the movie on the set at Sons of Italy on Friday. You are truly a good friend. I wish you the best. Thanks for this great appearance. We'll do it again very soon. Thank you, Mike Lawler. Thanks, Sid. All the best you the man. Mike Lawler, pride of Rockland County right there. Uh, still a lot more to come on this program, folks, at 9.30 a.m. live in studio the day before she returns to Europe to finish her second year of college. My beautiful daughter, Ava, 9.15, former Washington Redskins two-time Super Bowl quarterback, Joe Theismann, and coming up in about eight minutes, he'll now be on every Monday through the election, one of Donald Trump's best friends and confidants, Steve Bannon, my new buddy, will join us coming up this morning and every Monday, moving forward. Lots more to do, keep it right here.
13: This is Sid
0: and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
9: Let's start in the NFC. Dallas will be the two. That'll have Philly be the five seed. They will go to Tampa Bay. And the three seed then would belong to Detroit. And the Packers and the Rams, they're both in. Green Bay will be the seven seed. And it'll be the Rams in the sixth spot. And as you say, Matthew Stafford would go back to Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. On the AFC side, the Texans win the AFC South. They will host the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs are going to be the three seed. It'll be Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, and it'll be Miami, who has to go to Arrowhead Stadium.
6: Promise isn't all that great my automobile is a piece of crap my fashion
10: sense is a little wack and my friends are just as great as me next uh, month or so promises to be very exciting first of all hello to Paul Colucci sitting in um, behind the glass with Lou and Justin today and the father's a great guy and he is too so good morning to you watching the show for the first time Hooked like the rest of America, man. It's like a drug, this show. Where else can you go from talking to Mike Lawler to talking about the NFL playoffs to Steve Bannon to my daughter talking about Saul Bern, to Joe Theismann talking about a Raider Redskins Super Bowl? Nowhere. Nowhere. Nobody can do that. Nobody. Only me. Well, maybe Keith Olbermann could in his day, but he's such an asshole. And um, anybody else out there that uh, does this? Sports and politics? think there's one other guy, but I uh, forgot who it was. So, I know Keith was kind of the first. Keith Olbermann? Yeah, I remember him. The NFL playoffs are on set. I know you do. <laughs> Saturday, you get the AFC matchups, 430 from Houston. But what a great story this kid, C.J. Stroud, was this year, the rookie out of Ohio State, who won Rookie of the Year, over 4,000 yards. And the Texans, they won the AFC South. Unbelievable. Jacksonville just completely crapped the bed. So Houston will host Cleveland and Joe Flacco late Saturday afternoon, then Saturday night Arrowhead, your defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll host the Dolphins, who also fell apart late in the year. Three games on Sunday, the Bills, who end up winning the AFC East. They beat the Dolphins on the road yesterday. They'll host the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, back in the playoffs at one. Then you get the Cowboys hosting the Packers, that's at 4:30 on Sunday the Cowboys win the NFC East and the late game Sunday night 8:15 the upstart Lions the NFC North 3 seed they'll take on the Rams and then finally Monday night Baker Mayfield and the Bucks seemingly the worst team in the playoffs will take on a team playing the worst football going into the playoffs and that's Justin Ellis. Philadelphia Eagles. So that is your uh, NFL playoff schedule coming up this weekend. The Falcons have fired their head coach, Arthur Smith. The Commanders, formerly the Redskins, have fired their head coach in Washington, Ron Rivera. And the world is waiting to see, even bigger, I think, than the Super Bowl, is what will Bill Belichick do next. He is set to meet with Pat's owner, Robert Kraft, later on today. And tonight... We decide our college champion, the Michigan Wolverines, taking on Washington in the state of Texas. Michigan right now a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So you're all set. We'll talk to Steve Bannon about my guy Donald Trump coming up next.
0: 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
10: Chicago for you. 847. That football game tonight to decide the college champion between Michigan and Washington, ironically, off of James Whippin's last report, will be played in the state of Texas in Houston. Two moves that I made that are new to the show here in 2024 that I love include two new weekly guests every Wednesday, every Wednesday at 915. The great judge Janine Pirro will join us. And this one I'm really excited about. And that is every Monday at about 8.45, the great Steve Bannon will join us. So without further ado, here he is, my man Steve Bannon. Steve, Happy New Year, buddy. How are you?
7: Uh, Sid, thank you, and thank you for having me on every uh, every Monday. Great way to kick off the week.
10: Well, thank you. You're telling me I'm the one who should be thanking you. I know you're busy, got your own war room show, which does incredibly well, and Lots of smart folks. In fact, only smart folks listen to that. No dummies. Uh, so thank you for, for hopping on. Look, was a week away, Steve. All the conjecture, all the talk, all the back and forth, the Santhus, Haley, you know, fat, stupid Chris Christie, that backstabber is still out there dating back to the days of Asa Hutchinson and Tim Scott. It all kicks off a week from today, and our guy has not looked better. Is that fair to say?
7: Yeah, I think uh, number one, obviously the content, President Trump's coming in hot, and I think the team has done a really good job on the mechanics. You know, the, these caucuses are a little complicated about where you have to show up, what do you have to do. And I think as team, that's where you, you're seeing every couple of days, they're having these uh, big, uh, they're not even rallies, just really get together, get organized. President Trump showed up over the weekend, I talked to a bunch of them, uh, but I think, they're, I think they're ready mechanically on, on the logistics of it, and I think obviously President Trump's on fire. Yeah, the only you see, Politico had a little story today, how Nikki Haley's uh, uh, put together more fat cat donors, including big liberal Democrats, to try to buy uh, a position in Iowa to finish second, and then to try to uh, take a stand against President Trump in New Hampshire. So that's what we've got to be worried about.
10: Not really, because she can win New Hampshire. She won't. She'll make it close. She can win. She's not going to win the primary. I mean, just... I'm not worried about anything, and maybe I'm uh, a little too but I've been this place since, I told you, since East Palestine, Ohio, was over then. And And Nikki's going to do a good job to overtake Ron DeSantis and come in second, which does, again, bring up a point I brought up with you a couple of weeks ago, which is, once again, these rumors are swirling that President Trump is considering making Nikki Haley his running mate, despite running out on him, stabbing him in the back, spending most of her campaign bad-mouthing him, that he's considering that. Is there any truth to that?
7: I'm not sure he's considering it, but what is happening is uh you seen between the you know, the combination of Fox, which is a big you know, star with Fox, and these donors, they know they can't beat Trump. This is not about winning New Hampshire, this is not about winning South because 'cause they'll get blown out there or in the Super Tuesday, is to make the case that uh, she can consolidate that 15% of the Republican vote that's never Trump, but that she rightfully has a place on the ticket. That's what we have to worry about because I think Nikki Haley on the ticket with President Trump would be a disaster. I mean, he's pretty adamant right now, but you know how you know money talks to these big donors. That Politico story you should read, it is, it's pretty brutal. I mean, she's put together a collection of the biggest Republican rhino donors, plus guys like Reed Hoffman. I mean, absolute Trump haters that are pouring money into a campaign. In fact, Politico said they've never seen as much money come into a campaign. She is outspending President Trump and DeSantis on TV right now combined. That's how much money she's raised that quickly. So she's going to be a concern. You have to take her, you know, anytime somebody's got that much money, you have to take them seriously.
10: Fair enough. Uh, The other lady that seems to be garnering some steam is Elise Stefanik. And, uh, you know, she came out and kind of backed Trump on the hostage word, talking about those people that have been but, I mean, it is ridiculous that they're still in prison since January 6th. I know that was two days ago. I paid no attention to it. I really didn't. But they're talking about it, this whole crooked media. And she came out and basically uh, supported the president. And after the work she did on the Hill, tearing apart the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Pennsylvania, she is really on fire the last couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on Elise?
7: She's absolutely on fire. And that uh, interviewer, if your audience hasn't seen it, Make sure you try to get to the meet the press yesterday with Kristen Welker. I mean, she was on fire. She had them braced up on the Jan 6th. And she said logically, because they asked her, will you certify the 2024 election? She says, hey, if it's fair and and honest and we can validate that that we didn't have the problems yet in 2020, yes. But until that time, I'm not going to make a commitment. And NBC's head melted down. I mean, the the, uh, progressive left was in full meltdown yesterday. Stefanik's on a roll. You know, she she set the table to take out the presidents of uh, Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania and Harvard magnificently, right? She she knows how to not just hold a hearing, but how to get viral moments out of it that prove her case. Um, you know, she's on a roll right now. You know, she's been very strong in Israel. Uh, she's been very strong on national defense. Uh, I know President Trump thinks very highly of her. She, she's taken the lead in defending President Trump against all this legal situation. And yesterday she had a star turn. I mean, she she had the liberals' heads blown. She said, I'm not going to sit here and give you a blanket uh, commitment that we're going to certify 2024. We have to make sure this thing's not stolen like 2020, and they went into the full meltdown. And that that is pure MAGA right there. So uh, and I think people are very impressed with her, and she's going to get a lot of notice. What do
10: you think about uh, where Joe Biden is today? I mean, uh, cl- clearly that's a silly question because you know where he is today. He doesn't even know where he is today. <laughs> yeah. and, and President Trump took him apart pretty good in Clinton, Iowa, over the weekend. But I'm talking about just policy. Is, is there any possible way? I know we can't find the stage. I mean, Trump was
7: uh, funny as he always is.
10: But uh, talking about policy alone, is there any possible way? Uh,
7: I, I keep my eye on this General Austin thing. I think of having okay. a big scandal broke overnight. President Trump came out last night, concurred with us that Austin's got to go. This scandal is huge. There's only, by law, the National, the National Military Command Authority is a law we've had since the beginning of the nuclear age that the secretary of defense must always be available to the president. Remember, the president... Makes a commitment to to use nuclear weapons or to use military force. It has to be executed through a person. That the execution actually is the uh, Secretary of Defense. Austin was gone for five days. Three days, they even know where he was. He was in the hospital, was, I think, and, right? I think, I, I, in an ICU unit, and didn't tell anybody. His deputy didn't know. The undersecretary didn't know. The Chain of Command didn't know. And Biden's White House, Jake Sullivan didn't know. Remember, said we had I think three or four terrorist attacks on our troops, on, on the carrier battle group in the Red Sea, and the, and the troops in Iraq. And and, and the question's got to be, who was talking, how did the Secretary of Defense communicate with anybody? This is a scandal. I think you're going to see five or six heads roll over either the National Security Council and the Secretary of Defense. I think Austin's gone. I think this shows you that Biden, look, Trump, you get stability. Trump, you get peace and prosperity from a strong guy. Biden, they don't even have enough respect for Biden to keep him in the loop when the Secretary of Defense is in an ICU unit for three days. And ask your audience, how many people out there have stayed three days in the ICU unit? You know you're pretty sick. So this scandal is going to blow up on, on Joe Biden big time. I think you're going to see some resignations or firings. In the next 48, 72 hours. And Gee. Biden's – the question's got to be, what kind of administration – we're in two wars. You, you've yeah. got American troops in harm's way yeah. in the Red Sea. We had two battle groups out there last week, one rotated back to Norfolk. You've got troops in Iraq that are taking incoming. coming. Uh, the Israelis today let loose on Hezbollah. Uh, you know, the Persian uh, militias up in Lebanon. You've got an active hot war in the Middle East. You've got all kind of problems in the South China Sea and Taiwan. And the commander in chief is not directly talking to the Secretary of Defense. This thing's going to explode today. No, it's not. In Washington.
10: No, it's not. And I hate saying that because if it was Trump or Republican, it would. You'd be 100% right. But it's not. I can't tell you, Steve, how many times over the last eight years. Democrat leaders have done stuff where the next morning. Me and Bernie were like, they're going to jail. Oh, this is going to be a big deal. and <laughs> Nothing happens. Joe Biden's not going to fire him because then Joe Biden admits he did something wrong. Let me explain this to you. You're right. It should be a big deal. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing.
7: Well, let's, I tell you what, if we do our job, I, I, I commit to you that something will happen. So let's we'll, we'll go to work today. And make sure this thing becomes a firestorm because you're right. You're 100 percent correct. They got the protection of the media. They got protection of the donor class. But these types of things, when you're starting to put our troops and American security in harm's way, somebody's got to pay a price. And I think this on this one, Joe Biden, and his illegitimate regime has to pay a price.
10: Well, please go out there today on your tremendous show, which everybody listens to. Go out there and kick his ass and make sure Lloyd Austin and Joe Biden and all these creeps actually do suffer some repercussions. Again, I hate to be so cynical, but just doing this every day for the longest time, these Democrats do what they want and they never get into trouble, whether it's Hillary or Cuomo or Biden or, or a handful of these guys. Anyway, uh I love the fact you're on every Monday. You were brilliant again today, even pointing out the Lloyd Austin thing is a very, very big deal for my audience. So thank you so much for the great appearance. We'll do it again next Monday. God
7: bless you. Sid, thanks so much for having me on. Have a great week.
10: You too. There he is, the great Steve Bannon. Another great performance, another great appearance by Bannon. Now here, 845 every Monday morning. That is a big score for Sid and Friends in the Morning. And that wraps up our number three. Boy, what a show today, folks. I'm Mary Glynn. The head of the Rockway Republican Club getting us going, Curtis Slewa Rich Lowry, Mike Lawler, and Steve Bannon. Big 9 o'clock hours still to come. In Washington, they fired their head football coach. And my first guest in the 9 o'clock hour, he quarterbacked the Washington Redskins to consecutive Super Bowls, Super Bowl 17 and 18. He's also a Republican. My friend Joe Theismann will join us at 9.15. Then live in studio, my beautiful daughter Ava, before she goes back to college in Europe tomorrow night. Fourth and final hour coming up.
13: man
0: who got not one, but two shout-outs from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg.
1: You know that, Sid, right? There's a slight difference if you want. We can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this. I could be indictment-proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. Is Sid and friends in the morning.
6: Heisman back.
14: Looks off to the left. And he fires it off. they intercepted. Shot!
6: left, and Swirek, the second year, linebacker, saw it all the way, and grudgingly, he doesn't want to do it yet, Tom Flores just smiled, Bill, I'm flabbergasted, I, I cannot believe that the Redskins, back on their own 12-yard line, with 12 seconds to go in the half, would do
10: that. I mean, you're such a douchebag, Lou. I didn't play that to embarrass my friend. I mean, let me just say this. Between 1974 and 1985, Joe Theismann distinguished himself as one of the great quarterbacks in the league. He was not good. He was great. And any quarterback who goes to any Super Bowl is great. Super Bowl 17, he helped the Redskins, along with John Riggins, blow out the Miami Dolphins at the Rose Bowl. 18 was rough. I get it. Marcus had a big day. The only reason why I played that, and I know Joel appreciate this, is because the guy that made that play, Jack Squirek, died yesterday. I'm, that's big of you. <laughs> I'm sure Joe Theismann feels badly.
11: I always liked Joe Theismann.
10: You didn't care about Jack Squirek? No,
11: Jack Squirek. <laughs> well, he's a mortal enemy of of my, the Giants. I mean,
10: was Monday. he? Oh, Theismann was. Yes. Good morning, Margot, Hawaii, sweetheart. I love you. The great Margot Catch Matidis, looking beautiful as always. Good Monday morning. I'm sure Joe feels terrible. You know, Joe's the type of guy. By the way, Joe felt bad for Lawrence Taylor. You know, when Joe was a guy who was, who was writhing in pain laying on the ground and his brilliant career was over, he felt bad for LT. Joe's a good guy, unlike you. You are a horrible
9: person. How can you feel bad?
10: You just for, are. you just a LT. horrible person. God. LT.
9: How
10: so the, uh, the Redskins, I don't call them the commanders. I don't care who's mad at me. Even, even Joe, I don't care. The Redskins fired their coach this morning because he sucked, at Ron Rivera. So he's the second coach to get fired. The Falcons fired uh, Smith. He sucked, too. And uh, now Washington uh, needs to, to get back to where they were when Theismann was there. And then he went on to have this great TV career. I thought he was terrific on ESPN. And he's been coming on my show for years. And he's a great, I'm serious now, a great entrepreneur. You see Joe Theismann on CNBC, Fox Business, because he left the NFL too early, I'll admit that. He got hurt. And he was smart with his money. He's got restaurants, all kinds of businesses. So here he is, the former Washington Redskin great, as we start the NFL playoffs this weekend. (laughs) Joe,
14: hey Sid, have you ever heard the term "open mouth insert foot"?
10: (laughs) I have, and that's why I've been so successful during my career. I I learned from the best.
14: Very applicable. You talk about first you 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 couldn't find one other clip to play. Right? Now, now you're saying you're not responsible. It's your it's 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 your show. No,
10: I'm, right? I I actually let me say okay. this. When I got the news that Squirec died yesterday, I couldn't call my yeah. producer fast enough. No,
14: no. I uh, as a matter of fact, I I've been in touch with uh, Jack's wife uh, over the last. I know he's I know his health was failing and. Um, and you know, it's just, you hate, you know, you hate to see anybody pass. You know, it's our, our business is, our business really is one big family. You know, we all put on different uniforms at times. We all compete. You know, everybody talks about, well, I hate this. I hate that. Nobody hates anybody. Everybody just wants to win. That's all there is to it. And, and you know, Jack, uh, you know, Jack had his moment in the sun. I mean, I, I got him. I got him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. What can I tell you? Was he
10: really on the – he was on the – because Marcus Allen had the big day that day.
14: Yeah, but that was – I think that was the play that really turned it. um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Marcus was – and Marcus and I are still dear, dear friends. And every time we get together, he just holds that ring up and says, oh, hi, Joe. How are you? And it's like, (laughs) okay, we don't need to go quite this far. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's it's good – well – on to the, onto the business at hand, it's going to be, first of all, a terrific game tonight, I think, between Michigan and Washington, which ends the college season. Which, you know, there used to be amateur sports in this country. Uh, now we don't have it because they're offering NIL money to high school kids. And, of course, the colleges have gone uh, off the rails as far as paying guys. guys. Guys can't afford to leave college anymore. It's true. It used to be you couldn't yeah. afford college. Yeah. Now you can't afford to leave. No, I mean you're uh, right. Some of these quarterbacks,
10: some of these quarterbacks are making like a million dollars. I mean, of course, you were a great quarterback at Notre Dame. Everybody knows that. And and uh, this kid Riley Leonard, who I like a lot, he spent the last couple of years playing at Duke. He now comes to Notre Dame because Sam Hartman, who came to Notre Dame from Wake Forest, he's moving on. He's one of about 20 quarterbacks that are moving on and getting paid big money to go to new schools. What the hell is going on, Joe Theismann?
14: Well, you know, I mean, it's 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 hard to figure out and they've got they've got to get some kind of control on it. And I, also, I was I guess I heard about a month ago or maybe a little less that some of the bigger schools, I think the NIL, the NIL money now comes from uh, sponsors. They come from alumni. They come, you know, but now they're talking about the schools paying the kids. And, you know, it, it's like it, it's it's totally gone crazy. It's It's the same thing with the portal. If you don't like it someplace, don't compete for a job. Just quit and go someplace else, and then go someplace else. And the problem with that, you know, the NIL money, it, it it's just totally out of hand. That's that's an issue for, for us to do a 15-hour show on. <laughs> the portal is another problem because yeah. if you're a college coach, Sid, how do you recruit anybody?
10: <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
14: because, because the person you recruit is probably going to wind up leaving if he doesn't play or – you know, all these kids think that they're really good without any foundational training, which is, I think, in college. you know, I know that's where the foundations of me being able to play the position came. So you think you're good. Everybody tells you you're good. You're a five star or four star. And you don't like what you see and say, OK, I'm going to go someplace else. There's more, op- more money for me someplace else. You know, I you know, Bo Nix moved from, what, how many different schools? You see different guys that have gone different places. Yep. And then we get the product in the NFL that has no foundational training, and you wonder why guys don't succeed.
10: Yeah, the quarterback play in the NFL was really down this year. I mean, the greats are still great, don't get me wrong, but the play overall is certainly down. I mean, this kid, DJ, uh, he's at his third college. He just went to Miami. He was at Clemson. He's been all over the place. Three colleges, a lot of these kids – go to two, but but you're right. I mean, coaching seems to be kind of a lost storm. We've got great coaches in college. I mean, Nick Saban, one of the greatest of all time. You know, Dabo down in Clemson. In the NFL, you were lucky. You know, well, you were drafted by Don Shula, of course, but you played for Joe Gibbs, one of the greatest coaches of all time. But, but people of this generation are quick to say, no disrespect to Shula or Hallis or Brown or Landry or Gibbs, the greatest coach of all time, is Bill Belichick? I could argue that. I mean, the guy that actually mentored him, Bill Parcells, had success in four different cities. But if you want to agree with Belichick, that's fine. Uh, with that said, do you think that's a fair assessment? And do you think his days in Boston are over?
14: I think his days. Uh, I think his days in New England will be decided by he and Mr. Kraft at a meeting very shortly. Um, I know um, Bill's been linked to. I, I think Bill is truly one of the greatest. But you know, you you have to put. I think. What gets lost in all of this greatest of ever kind of conversation is the different eras that people have coached and played in. When you talk about players, when you talk about coaches, um, the game is ent- our game is entirely different today than it was when, uh, when Shula coached or when uh, George Hallis coached or when Lombardi coached.
10: I mean, to just emphasize what Joe was saying, Don Shula's Dolphins went undefeated. And the game they beat uh, to the uh, Washington to beat the uh, to win the Super Bowl to going to beat, Bowl. Yeah, yeah Greasy threw the football seven times seven
14: I know well in that particular year Earl Morrill was the uh, quarterback for nine of those games
10: right right See, and, they, and they, they they had three running Don backs Shula, they, they had Zanka Mercury Morris and Jim Kick
14: that's right and then Don Shula went and got Earl Morrill when I didn't go to Miami in seventy one
13: wow. There you have it.
14: No, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you, you just look at it. But as far as coach, as far as Bill goes as a coach, I think he's the best. And 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 everybody, every coach is linked to their quarterback. Bill Walsh with Steve Young and and Joe Montana. Uh, coach Shula, you know the job that he did with their defense down there. That's a little, and then Greece did a great job down there as well. But I mean, yeah, Dan Marino
10: too, pretty good.
14: Yeah, that's right. In this day and age in this day and age, if you don't have a quarterback that can play at an efficient level, and you see it with Brock Purdy in San Francisco, you know, you, know, you and, you know, an exceptional athlete like Lamar Jackson, these are, these players are far and few between. So uh, you, you have to have, and Ron Rivera said it, I think in an interview I was listening to before the game on Saturday, um, you're linked to your quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback you're gonna struggle winning football games and your time where where you are coaching is going to be. But, but you know what's
10: funny about what you just said? Because you're right about that. You can't argue that. This is the great Joe Theismann. But let me give you your former Hall of Fame coach, for example, Joe Gibbs. Now we had you for the better part of a decade and certainly uh you were a magnificent quarterback and went to two Super Bowls. But if Jay Schrader if Jay Schrader finds a way to beat the Giants, he wasn't going to that day, trust me. But if he does, you're looking at a at a coach who would have Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, Mark Rippin, and Jay Schrader, four different quarterbacks in the Super Bowl in less than 20 years. But he adapted the system, Sid,
14: to each of our individual talents. Gotcha. That's the genius of Joe. Now, I, you know, everybody talks about will Bill Belichick stay in New England? If Bill does leave, and I don't know – Either, you know, it's like, who knows, but if he leaves, I promise you, he's not going to go someplace that doesn't have a quarterback because he's lived that for the last two years. Right. Right. He's, he's lived with trying to find an answer to that position. And if he does leave uh, on, for some reason, he's I can't see him going someplace and drafting a rookie because he did it with Mac Jones and, and, Hoping at this stage of his life, at this stage of his career, and he's he's a career coach. That's what he is. I can't see him going someplace where he's going to have a developmental project.
10: No, I agree. That's With why the, little... the the rumor is the leader in the clubhouse is the Chargers. Give up the snow right. for the wonderful weather in San Diego, Los Angeles, and he's got Justin Herbert, who's who's a very good quarterback, not great but very good. That seems like a, a right choice. Yes,
14: I agree. I, I mean, to me, I. When, you know, like I said, I don't know what Bill's going to do, but if, if I was him, I wouldn't want to go someplace unless I had somebody like a Justin Herbert. And he's really the only one out there. When you look at the teams, Atlanta, you got a rookie. Carolina, you got a rookie. Uh, here we have, you know, they're probably going to draft a rookie. You've got a young guy down, uh, you don't know what's going to happen in Tennessee. Uh, I think Antonio Pierce has done a great job out there with the Raiders in, in Las Vegas. I, I think he's done an outstanding job Getting this football team squared away and running in the right direction and moving in the right direction. But you know, there's we're probably not done with the carnage yet as far as coaches go. There's probably three, two or three more. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the question is, is who plays quarterback? Yeah. You know, with the Jets, you know, I know. You know, Woody Johnson has said everybody's coming back. Well, you know, how long will Aaron go? You're gonna go. You're gonna go looking again. You know, uh, will Zach Wilson all of a sudden, uh, you know, and it maybe sits a year and, and something happens. But again, that cycle continues. We don't have enough quarterbacks, it There aren't enough. There's 32 teams. And I think, I think the number is somewhere in the sixties of quarterbacks that have started this year. I mean, you, you look, for example, just, just one example is you got Easton Stick was the quarterback for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. In this game, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I just, it, <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 it's, I, I'm, I'm yeah. looking at different yeah. names. Yeah, I'm looking at different names of different guys, and I just sort of mentioned Easton's name because it's not one I recognize.
10: Nobody does. Nobody. In fact, the coach that morning had to be told who his quarterback was. But on a fun note, there's a guy that's experiencing great success. I, you know, I talked to earlier. Jim Harbaugh, I think, will leave Michigan after tonight, win or lose. And the last time he coached in the NFL, he had great success. He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and he made that very controversial decision to bench his veteran quarterback, Alex Smith, in favor of a young guy who I can't stand now, and that would be Colin Kaepernick. That was the last time uh, the Niners were in the Super Bowl, oh, excuse me, that they, 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 he was at the Super Bowl when the Niners lost to the Ravens. And the quarterback for the Ravens that day was Joe Flacco, who's your age. And he's out there still having big games for the Cleveland Browns. Anyway, How about that?
14: that? Isn't that so great? I mean, you look at the Browns in the Texan game, you've got Joe Flacco on one side and CJ Stroud on the other. You I mean, you basically cover oh what? Um
10: three generations.
14: Years, three almost three generations three generations and they're playing and it's uh you know, and, and you look at it at the playoffs too, it's interesting because will the Chiefs decide to hold on to the football? They could become, you know, a power. Will the Buffalo Bills, will Josh Allen, you know, stop making the mistakes that he's made that basically have been an issue and, you know, and then become spectacular at the end and do what you need to do? Uh, The Packers are the youngest team, I believe, in football, going into Dallas to play them. The Steelers, you just have to be so excited for Mike Tomlin. 17 years, never had a losing record, and now they're playing the Bills. And then, of course, the Rams and Lions, you got, you know Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff and the Eagles. Who knows what they're doing? Are going in and playing the Bucks down there. I mean, it's an going to be an exciting weekend. I
10: agree. Right? Yeah, it's and I really excited. You mentioned Tomlin. I mean, I think the Marco up coach of the year because of the job he's done in Houston with the rookie quarterback. But no one could convince Actually, me. My, my choice is Kevin Stefanski. Okay, Cleveland, good one too. But no one could convince me based in August that the Steelers had ten win talent, and yet uh, here they are back in the playoffs, like you said with uh, with 10 wins, I want to talk about your team cuz it's it's kind of sad. Look, I mean I never hated the Redskins. I've been to games in Washington. I hate the Eagles. I hate their fans. I hate Dallas Redskins were different. I don't know. It was just there were good games. You guys were good guys. You know, You're a man. That hates, it's a new year, Sid. Yeah. No, I still hate the Eagles, and I don't care if it's a new year. I hate, the, I don't care. but I like you guys. You guys, yeah, you, you let us win a couple of games. Very nice of you. Um, but but you guys in those seventies and eighties with Gibbs and you and, and as I said even further with the Rippins and the Doug Williams, the standard of excellence, and it's been. A long time. I mean, I know you're probably friends with Daniel Snyder, but he was a disaster. Now you've got this new ownership. Let's see what they do. For starters, go back to Redskins, not commanders. That's stupid. But uh, on a secondary level, when will this team, what do they have to do to get back to being a big-time football team?
14: You know, it's funny. In our business, um, you can go from last to first in a heartbeat. Now, in this division, it's going to be a challenge because the Cowboys are a very talented football team. The Giants proved over the last month of the season that um, they can be one tough out, and the Eagles, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go? Uh, they're, I don't, they don't even know who they are. Uh, as far as Washington goes, you've got a, a fair amount of cap money, somewhere between seventy-five and ninety million, I think, in cap money. You've got the second pick in the draft. I think um, with you've got five in the first one hundred. I think one of the glaring weaknesses of this football team has been to find an offensive line that uh, doesn't get run over. I mean, in Sam Howell's defense, and he's, he's a young kid, never seen a lot of stuff, but he got sacked close to almost 70 times. But that doesn't even count the hits, Sid. That's just that's just sacks. Right. And then you you got to figure there's another hundred plus times where he's been beat up in the pocket and and taking the pounding. So. Um, you know, I I think the line is a place they have to go. But it's a football team that has what's called draft capital to be able to make a difference. They've got money from a free agency standpoint. And the one thing about the commanders, as they are referred to today, Mm -hmm. I was a Washington Redskin and very proud of it, um, was the fact that they're, they're in a position where they have that opportunity to be able to pick and choose right now, which is probably tougher done a lot of things because you need a lot. Yep. So, so you need a lot. Now, all of a sudden you got to figure out what's the priority going forward. And, you know, they'll they'll, you don't know what they're going to do with their general managership. You don't know what they're going to do, obviously from a coaching standpoint, who is going to be the person that comes in and plays. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on, Uh uh, on this football team. And (laughs) I mean, you look at the games; they almost beat the Eagles twice, right? They, they went toe to toe with the Giants. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but this football team was probably three plays a game away from having a better record. Yeah,
10: I've been hearing that for 20 years. 20 years I've been hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no moral victories, as you know, on Sundays in yeah, the exactly NFL. Right.
14: There's W's and L's.
10: Right. I mean, you go from Sonny Jurgensen to Billy Kilmer to Joe Theismann, you win a damn football game, damn it. Enough of this. Uh, we were close. I mean, it's got, the guy's got to fix that down there. Now, most importantly, Joe, one of the reasons why I love you is – you, your football knowledge is superior to just about everybody on this show, and including Bill Sims. I'll tell Bill that. In fact, call Sims right now and tell him. Biesman knows more about the NFL than he does. Um, but, but you're also. Like that, by the way, I, I like his
14: glasses, I, I like, like them the... too. Yeah, he he looks very, very, very scholarly yes, with his glasses yes, when he works. Yeah. yeah,
10: I mean, he never got better than a B at Morehouse State. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you are a very successful businessman. You've come on my show for the better part of 15 years, talking about your restaurants in Washington. You used to talk about how Obamacare was killing you to try to provide your employees with health insurance. You've talked about the state of the economy time and time again, whether it's CNBC or Fox Business. So on the way out, let's get serious. Uh, depending upon who you talk to, they still say, all of them, that we're faced with a recession not that far down the road, that the economy, despite Biden yelling and screaming about how successful Bidenomics is, is anything but. How does Joe Theismann feel about the economy today?
14: Well, first of all, said I I don't get into politics anymore. I I, I I think we're I think, you know. We're, um, I think we're at a crossroads as a country. There's, there's so much divisiveness in so many different aspects of life, Um, and and it's, it's a company, it's a country that needs to be united. It's a country that needs to take a step back and look at the things that need to be fixed. Not only look at them, but start moving in the direction. Uh, You know, politically, who knows what's going to happen going forward? Um, Like I say, I, I don't really, you know, I'd much rather talk to you about the NBA or hockey or baseball. I love the change in the rules in baseball. What are the rules going to have to be changed in football? As far as the economics go, it's been, you know, at the end of the year, it was a big run for the market. Uh, Now we have to see how it settles out and, you know, what are they going to do with interest rates, Um, home sales, um, you know, electric cars. I mean, you, you know, when it comes to the EVs, electric vehicles, you have to think, is there an, Is the grid big enough in this country to be able to handle what potentially could be a draw on it and what will that do going forward? So there are so many different elements of life that uh, I think we all have to take a step back. But the one thing we should do is respect one another's opinion instead of instead of turning everything into a confrontation. Respect someone else's opinion. If you agree or disagree, that's certainly your choice and your opinion. Uh, and and move forward, move forward as a nation. Right now, there are there are forces in the world that uh, that are challenging us as a nation, and we need to be strong together to be able to to, to fight them.
10: How's the golf game?
14: Pretty good, pretty good.
10: Yeah,
14: I'm, down, I'm up to six though. I'm up to six. you're up to, s-
10: up to. Oh six. my, wow.
14: Yeah, I'm just really
10: upset. I can't putt. I can't, you can't, I can't putt. make a
14: four footer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you
10: still out there every year on Lake Tahoe with Emmett Smith and the rest of those guys at that tournament? Yes, yeah? yes
14: the American the American Century Investment Golf Tournament. They've done a fabulous job. Yeah. One thing about American American Century, just to give you an idea of what this company is all about, they they give away they donate over forty percent of their net profits to the Stour Institute in Kansas City for research on disease. 40% of their net profit, you understand net and gross. And so you think about 40% of the net profit wow. goes to yeah. uh, to basically charity to be able to do research uh, to try and help the world. And that's, that's what makes it such a great company to me. And, and they do a fabulous job with that tournament. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. great golf, but yep. it's great fellowship. It that's is. I, you know, it's like being at a Pro Bowl every year. Yeah. You're with you're with the best in every aspect of entertainment. True. Whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's television, whether it's app, all the different sports.
10: Even politics. Uh, I mean, heck, I saw Dan Quell there a couple of times. <laughs> yeah,
14: Dan's, Dan's, Dan's been out over the years. I know.
10: I know. Yeah. Uh, so last one in the final 60 seconds, um, the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas coming up. February the 11th, and I covered about 17 of those with Scott Kaplan and Craig Carden and others. And I would see my, my man Joe Theisman walking up and down those, uh, those rows, uh, talking to certain radio guys about everything from prostate stuff to, uh, colon stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to penis stuff. I mean, what the? <laughs> Will you be on Radio Row in Vegas this your year? Your mouth is unbelievable. I mean, you, you are, you ought to call
14: it. You know, his unfiltered show, that's what it should be called. But, but, but did, 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 I not, did
10: I not learn from my guy, Imus, very, very well, Joe, what?
14: Yes, you did, Don. Don taught you well.
10: Yeah. <laughs> Will you be out in Vegas this year? Oh, probably not.
14: I'm planning on it, yes. I'm planning on being yeah. out there uh, for the Super Bowl, uh, you know, check in, hopefully get a wander around. Radio Rowan, say hello to all my friends.
10: Awesome. Well, it's great to have you uh, back today, Joe. You really are one of my favorites. I mean, Joseph Abood is freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, I love Joe Theismann. I miss him. <laughs> so please come back more often uh, through the Super Bowl. Okay, pal? I will, buddy. Take care of yourself. You Have too. a great New Year. God bless you, Joe Theismann. You too. I love that man. That's a great quarterback, a smart man. More Americans like Joe Theismann. I mean this sincerely. More Americans like Joe Theismann. Our country's got a shot. More like Justin Ellick. We're dead. We're dead. Is that fair to say? Yeah, Lou? I'd say it's more than fair. It's <laughs> damn accurate. We <laughs> got to take a break. Uh Ava, my beautiful daughter, Ava is in studio. She's gonna told to us about a whole bunch of stuff. So keep it right here. We'll be back.
0: Friends in the Morning, 77 W.A.B.C.
6: Ooh, you
10: make me I guess I'm rooting for Michigan tonight. I mean, I don't know anybody that goes to Washington. I've actually been to Washington twice, you know. I was in a place called Sahali, where I saw the PGA Championship live with Scott Kaplan. That day, my job was to follow Jesper Pornovic around the gallery. You can't make it up. And uh, then I went back to Seattle, to the Kingdome, for a baseball all-star game. And I stayed in Kirkland, Washington, which is a beautiful little like water town just outside Seattle. And I got really drunk and did karaoke. That's all I remember. I think I saw Ken Griffey, but I'm not even sure. What would you sing? I sang um, Frank Sinatra. Snooze. The Summer Wind. Okay. And then I think I sang Hot Legs by Rod Stewart. He just just (laughs) heard it. I don't remember what the hell I sang. (laughs) But I've been to the state of Washington twice. But my family goes to Michigan. My sister Lizzie and uh, my nephew, her son Jacob, and somebody else I know. I don't know. And Glenn Rice, my good friend Glenn Rice, who banged Sarah Palin, who's now banging Ron Duguay. Is that true? Well Yeah, I think it is. I don't know why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna go with it, yes. Good. Shout out to uh, Marty Morty Feeney today. He owns Adrian's and um what is that called over there? The part in between Rockaway and Howard Beach, um um
11: uh broad channel. Yes,
10: thank you, Lewis. And uh, Jack Manzo in New Jersey, he just texted. I have no idea what he wants, but he just texted me, so.
11: Everybody wants, wants to talk to you.
10: He's talking about illegal aliens in New Jersey. Well, what do I care about New Jersey, Jack? I got them in, in my backyard in, in um, <laughs> no, yeah,
11: go They're walking, walking into people's away. houses. <laughs> what with, do I care about? Paramus. With better cars
10: than us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that call this morning from Mary Glenn. that two of these people were sitting on the couch at a friend's house on 129th Street, that's not okay. Robbing stores in King's Plaza? The hell's going on here?
11: They're going into Sorrentino, getting food? No,
10: they're not. Stop. No, (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. We'll take a short break. Uh, When we get back, we've had a tremendous show already. Mary Glynn, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Mike Lawler, Steve Bannon, former NFL great Joe Theismann. But as Vanessa Williams once said, we save the best for last. My daughter Ava.
0: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
4: It's murder on the dance floor. You better not kill the groove, DJ. Gonna burn this goddamn house right down. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I
10: know, I know, I know, I know about you. Ava, what is the name of this song?
8: Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Alex Bast- You made me Bast-
10: watch the movie this weekend, and, and there were a couple of parts that, quite frankly, a daddy and daughter shouldn't watch together, but you were kind enough to leave the room. And the name of this movie is? Saltburn. And who has a bigger crush on Jacob Alorty, you or mom? Mom? Oh my god, <laughs> don't say that. That's not true. It was a
8: masterpiece.
10: Uh, it was a great movie. I was surprised. I, I you know, I kept hearing about all these, you know, really crazy, sexual. It really wasn't that, I mean.
8: Then you are insane, I guess. Oh, I am insane. And disturbed deeply. But, yes, I think it a factor. But I'm your father. You, you
10: shouldn't say that about your daddy.
8: <laughs> well,
10: I am disturbed. There were but
8: articles I... about mass amounts of people leaving middle of the film, especially they, during like, the, the grave the scene. The grave scene? Come on. Well, some people are cowards. Well, that's what I'm
10: saying. So yeah. it's not that I'm disturbed. It's just that I got to set up <laughs> know,
8: But a little bit, though. Yeah. You
10: know. You got mad just now because I told Lewis that uh, Margot Robbie and that stupid Golden Globe show last night looked great. Like, don't say that. What is it about your generation that we can't say when people look good or look bad? What is that stupidity? What is
8: that? Wow, Margot Robbie looks nice. She looks hot. Lou wants to bang her.
7: Oh, my gosh. I know.
8: Horrible. Well, you're both in partnership, so. Yeah. But you love Lou, don't you? Love him.
10: (laughs) You know, silly. so I did a story about mm-hmm. um, the illegals earlier.
8: You mean the, the, yeah, the migrants, not the illegals? Yeah, the
10: illegals, right? They're le- here yeah. illegally. They're individuals, so, not only they're here illegally, but mm-hmm. now they're they're walking into people's houses in our neighborhood illegally. Mm-hmm. I had a call from a local politician lady, and she said that uh, her friend came home from shopping yesterday and found two of them sitting on the couch. Welcome home.
8: Yeah, that that's not okay.
10: Yeah, but but you, on a serious note, some of them are great people. Here's where I'm very proud of you and Mom. Uh, You did a good job. Mom and I
8: went on Christmas Day to go give them clothes and gifts and presents. My mom drove there, and then I came out of the car and gave them all the bags, all of the children. There's an insane amount of children, an insane amount of people my age, genuinely. Um, There's so many children who were wearing socks and flip-flops because they didn't have actual shoes, and it is Mm -hmm. freezing out. They were all lovely. The mother... Of the like, largest family that was outside at the time thanked me over and over again. Yeah. And we went again, all a bunch of children as well. Um, they were all really no. You nice. did a nice
10: thing. That's a nice thing. So we only have about two mm-hmm. minutes to go because we're pressed for time today. And you're going back to college tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss you. You're going back to Europe tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you have been outstanding in your support for Israel. I'm very mm-hmm. proud of you. Both here and, and specifically back at home in Wales, where you live. You've kind of yeah. been a uh, mm-hmm. And not, not a lot of Jews there, but no. you've been a very, very uh, good voice in a basically silent community. Uh?
8: Yes. I'm hoping to become a part of our Jewish Society's committee team because the president is stepping down due to all of the stress from everything. So I'm hoping to step in and uh, I guess be a, a larger, uh, make myself a more important voice. Yeah.
10: Yeah, that's awesome. And what does that take? You just to just say yes, or what do you have to do to make that? I happen? definitely have to
8: apply. Um, yeah. But the the problem for me is I I want I don't I know JSOC is meant to be like a an apolitical group. Mm. Like the same goes for the Islamic Society. But yeah. I want JSOC to be a lot more resilient to mm. to actually make, take a stand at least to tell everybody how much the majority of JSOC feels. Like I don't know if you saw yesterday that came out with the. Remaining female hostages. I saw that. um, That Horrible. Three months. Yeah, they're
11: all bleeding. Um,
8: and it just it makes me really angry because I've always been dedicated to you know helping like people and victims of sexual assault. And when it took ages for most news outlets to condemn the sexual atrocities and to to independently verify it, but then you know you have a, a rocket that misfires from the Islamic. Jihadist people, yeah. and yeah. then you immediately Blame say Israel. that was Israel. Yeah. To me, that just—that's a definitely a moral flaw. Oh no doubt.
10: <laughs> so, are you ready to go back tomorrow? You're going to miss us. What do you think?
8: You know what? I'm I, I'm I'm grappling with going back tomorrow. I'm excited, but I also yeah. am going to miss you guys a lot. I've gotten very comfortable at home. Right. I have to get well, it's back. Your house. And, like
10: you know, should be comfortable it's doing your house. things
8: myself. <laughs> yeah. no, I hear you.
10: <laughs> well, we're going to miss you. We love you, and I'm um, glad you stopped in today. Because I put you on every time you're here.
8: Yes, thank you're, you.
10: You're great. I mean, thank you, thank you, you're great. And, um, we're, we're all very, very proud of you. And, um, I know you're going to go see Olga, which is very nice. Yes, And then you're going to go to Gabby's basketball game, which is yes. even nicer. Yes, yeah, and I have
8: a mock exam for tort law. Wish me luck, everyone.
10: Okay. <laughs> well, good luck, Ava. I love you. Thank you for stopping by today. That is my daughter, Ava Caroline Rosenberg. She's a good kid, man. That's a smart kid right there. And I'm going to be a big-time lawyer, my daughter. Big-time lawyer one day. with Don Lewis, you were brilliant today. Justin Ellick, great job as always. Noam Laden, Paul Carlucci, thank you as well. God willing, as my friend Gene would say, we'll all be back for a 6 a.m. Tuesday show tomorrow morning until then from all of us to all of you hey
4: just